easier. Look, guys, this game is all about what we do. It's all about us just like it's been all year long. All right, so you've got to focus and not get the external factors have any factor on how you focus in this game. You want to focus on the things that have made us good all year long, which is discipline to execute and do your job, play with relentless effort and toughness for 60 minutes in the game, no matter what the circumstance in the game is, and an intensity that they can't match. Now, you guys talk about respect all the time. Right, Kirby says we ain't what we used to be. Well, by God, I want to prove something different. I don't want to see a smile on that face after the game. And the other thing is, is the ultimate disrespect is when somebody takes what's yours. And this is our game. It's our time. And here's what the guy's trying to take it from us. So that makes the shit personal. So let's don't be denied what we want. Let's go. Relentless effort for 60 minutes. Dominate on three. One, two, three. Dominate. Today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu. SHIB. Shiba Inu became token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. You can buy SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges. My favorite is Coinbase, but the best place to find more information by fo- is by following SHIB token on Twitter. There you'll find links to the Discord, the subreddit, Telegram, everywhere else, so you can get more information about investing in Shiba Inu. Diamond Paws, SHIB to the moon. All right, let's start the show. He's obviously autistic or something. I feel Come sorry for me. I'm a man. And welcome back to the Eagle Mark Show. My name is Mark Hammond. I'm happy to be the Mark in the Eagle Mark Show. So Jared will not be host- Yeah, Jared will not be hosting this show. I, yeah, I was like, Jared, you got to fill in. You got to learn college football in about like a week. And he was like, I'll stay up all night and study. No, no. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I am here. I am Mark. I am broadcaster, Uber sportsman, ready to take you on your sports talk journey. Some people call me Pinguino Supremo, but today I will be your Svengali while we dive into the funny, odd, weird, and interesting stories from the world of college football. Pinguino lives. And at this point, I'd like to welcome my co-host and co-conspirator, Eric. He's host of the File Under Entertainment podcast, a man dying to take a Frosted flake shower with Tony the Tiger. Eric Stevens, how are you doing? <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> I cannot wait for that. I, I wish that we were the Pop-Tart Bowl ambassadors, but yeah, I'd be happy to to shower with Tony the Tiger anyway. So Yeah, a Sun Bowl, give us a call. We're still available, obviously. <laughs> that would. I was thinking about that. I was like, what if I would have been out there? I would have been sick as a dog. <laughs> like, maybe I could have spread it to Floridians, you know? Like, <laughs> They'd already got it, come on. Yeah, I could have really driven up my death count, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Like there's no way they're they're vaccinated or got a mask. Like they were throwing, they weren't doing the mask even when this all thing was important. There's no way I would have got everybody <laughs> sick there. But yeah, I'm I'm glad to be back. Glad to be here. Glad to be hosting the show. Uh, it was weird to to receive all the feedback. Uh, all the feedback was like they thought the Jared thing was a joke. They thought at any moment that I was going to bust into the show. <laughs> cool. They were hoping. You mean? <laughs> 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 like, please, God, let this be a joke. Yeah, we're, a cruel, I, cruel joke. This punchline is very, very far away. What, what's going on? When are we going to get to that? Waiting and waiting and waiting. Some good feedback, but yeah, a lot was like, "Where were you? Isn't this your show?" <laughs> so, <laughs> apologies. Uh, Jared was like, "I'm going to do it." Can I record it without? And I was like, "You know what? Go for it." I was like, "Good luck, bro, buddy." <laughs> Because I thought he was going to do it by himself. Apparently, it was whiskey. That I think that's the man they he fired before. If I'm correct, if I'm tracking. All no, these. no whiskey. Okay. He plays uh, Tarkov with. He's one of the Let's Play Death Ray guys that always plays Tarkov. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was uh, not fired. The guy, that, he was the guy who got no, fired by text message. No, that's one of his. 
IRL co-workers mm. uh, that he kind of co-opted to do Feathers and Friends and then let him go because his number. Oh, that's why, how I remember this guy. I remember we've <laughs> talked to him. Yeah, he was on one of the uh, one of the military episodes of Feathers and Friends. Yeah, that guy that he had fired previously. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I remember. He was the other guy who got fired. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> There's so he's like uh he's like uh George Steinbrenner the way he goes through personnel there on on uh, file or uh, uh feathers and friends uh, nobody's listening whatever you want to call it but uh we have a huge show today here for you on today's podcast we are going bowling again let's go bowling And we have the college football playoffs. So enough rambling for me. Let's get right into our rundown. What the hell is a rundown? The Rundown. This is your rundown for Thursday, December 28th, 2023, episode number 195. Make sure you're following us on Twitter slash X at EVLMRK and look for hashtag EMS195 to see special links, tweets, pictures, or stories we talk about in today's episode. Also, if you're not already, make sure you're following us on TikTok. For additional Mark-related content on TikTok and Instagram at Ask Evil Mark. All right, so week three of Bulls continue in the college football postseason. And this week, we got some games that are straight fire. From an undefeated zombie facing a disgraced back-to-back champ to college football dark horses playing out the string in inconsequential games happening late in the day in... This is the way we talk in Tucson, Arizona. We got Gator, Sun, Liberty, Cotton, Peach, Music City, Orange, Arizona, Citrus, and Fiesta Bowl. We'll break down all the action and give you our previews and predictions. Also, the 2023 college football playoffs are finally here. We've reached the penultimate second-to-last episode, and we have some all-time favorites. Feelings are going to be hurt, controversy will arise, and one team will finally, finally, maybe find... Or will we be making this joke in all of 2024? Texas is back, folks! Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl will get a full breakdown, and we will set the table for the most interesting college football playoffs of all time. Also, we have America's favorite cat-based podcast trivia game, What's Wrigley Watching, presented by Chewy.com, to test your knowledge of Christmas's movies all December long. Also, it's Thursday. You know what that means. We're going to hand out some taco awards, the tastiest awards in all of sports talk. But first, before we jump into Thursday, we got some shout outs for our listeners and supporters. I just hate them because they, <laughs> they, they low down, they dirty, they some snitches. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's the wonderful complimentary sound effect uh, for, our ex- for our listeners uh, who check in with us every week. So before we dive into today's show, I want to thank our listeners and watchers for our, of our content. We encourage everyone to look inside this episode's description to find the links to all our social media pages, where to get your t-shirts, and links to all our sponsors. These are the uh, uh, listeners I wanted to give a shout out to. SEC Superuser, Mizzou Man, Hornsound69, Genepi, Abdel, Duckman, Christian NorCal, Maze Man, Jennifer in Schenectady, New York, and the NBA superfan, James Harden's exquisite beard. And just a few weeks now. Just a just few weeks. He, now, he's counting. He's he's like football's <laughs> almost over, right? He's like he's like this is done. He's like I, I I had to break down the schedule. I was like we got to get done. We got to get to the championship. We get one week after the championship, and then we do the shivies. Like I was like we we have a we have a schedule here, and he's like well, you know, there's a lot of post NBA Cup. We have stuff we have to get to. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I think I mean the Lakers won. Is there really? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, Jokic doesn't want to be there. He's quiet quitting. <laughs> LeBron is LeBron. Jimmy Butler's probably doing something weird. I, I haven't even paid attention to it. I'm assuming Jabberant is probably up to no good. I'm just assuming. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's getting in trouble again. He's doing he's doing gun <laughs> mime celebrations and yeah, it's so. Uh, we're not going to be short of content for sure. Oh my gosh! When we get back into all sports. I didn't even, I, I just, I knew I was like, John Moran's probably back by now and he's probably causing trouble. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, I just figured. So yeah, we will get there. James Harden's exclusive beard. And then of course, of course, the one and only you be a dog. UVA Doug noted a Notre Dame supporter, super pumped up for the for the Sun Bowl, pulling for the Irish. I it, the, the big concern was was he going to wear the three jersey or the seven jersey? That that was the big concern. <laughs> no, UVA Doug uh, definitely pulling for the Beavers. He responded. He gave me a, a dropped me a, an email while I was sick. He was like, he's like the one thing I want for Christmas is I want the Beavers to win. I'm sorry if that hurts you. Need <laughs> the Beavers to win that game. I was like, Pac-2 superpower? The Oregon State Beavers? Imagine having that much vitriol. Like, I mean, I guess I should feel flattered that I'm a fan of an organization that can compel some people to, like, have so much hatred for them. Like, imagine someone being that passionately against Virginia. Can you imagine that? It's like, oh, those fucking Cavaliers. Oh, I hate them. Oh, I just hate them. I, I think the, the last time anyone was, I think the, the last time anyone didn't like Virginia this much would have been like the, the Revolutionary War. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Who the even British. A, yeah. Who gives a second thought about Virginia? <laughs> it's like, if someone told me like Virginia was on fire, I'd be like, really? Like, there's two of them, right? Like, we have a backup, don't we? <laughs> like, where is that? That's somewhere up there, like. Like you can drive to a city, right? Like how far away from New York City is that? Would be my question. <laughs> I just assume it's one giant city. Like whenever I, I think in their mind, they want to be as far away from New York City as possible. Like oh, they're one of those. Yeah, I, I think that they they believe that they're a southern state. I think, and they're in the north. <laughs> well, they're like they're they're on the Atlantic seaboard. So I mean they're. They're more of an eastern state than they are a northern or southern, I think. But yeah, I, I think that no point of reference. Like if, if you drop me in the middle of Pittsburgh or Virginia or I guess West Virginia, I would kind of know because I've seen uh, like uh, Deliverance. Like I, I <laughs> think, but I imagine Virginia probably looks the same. Nah, uh, no, it's I mean, I was in the military, so I was in Virginia quite a bit several times and it was just like no matter what time of year it was always cold and it was always raining so that's just like when i think of virginia I just think of oh yeah it's it's always freezing and miserable so <laughs> uva doug always freezing always miserable please send me your <laughs> feedback out. all right and we're here to fuck shit up also every thursday eric joins us he's the host of the wonderful podcast file under entertainment could be easier it's all alphabetical you know a b c d the only podcast nick cage himself personally listens to your nick fucking okay 
I was just gonna let it ride. I was like, I got to hear the whole <laughs> thing unadulterated. Uh, the o- uh, the only podcast that occasionally listens to Eric. Tell us a little bit about the show, where it is, what it is, and where people can find it. Yes, thank you again for always being so gracious to do these uh, very long introductions for File Under. <laughs> Sometimes even hosting your own version <laughs> of File Under on the Evil Mark Show. That's File Under Entertainment. Uh, this season was all about music. We just wrapped it up. We had the Christmas holiday special that was nice and easy easy breezy was just like what an hour and hour and a half something like that so for the all the people that were kind of maybe put off by the very long run times of a normal show this is uh just nice and simple it's just me mark jared jake and david well david <laughs> joined really late um <laughs> to just talk about christmas songs and holiday songs and stuff so yeah there's only- a fun game so. There's only four songs. Uh, uh, we we retired isn't Hootie, so I'm technically the isn't Hootie super champ. Like, <laughs> sure, yeah, you can hang the banner. <laughs> like like Michigan, I'm just gonna celebrate my thousand win uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna be there's gonna be a cake and candles, and I'm gonna be celebrating my thousand Hootie win. I mean, there's the wins on your show, obviously, but then there's the the wins and bar rooms and taverns across America and against people who don't even know who Hootie the Blowfish is. Like, uh, they didn't even know that they were playing. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. People in new Delhi. I really <laughs> ran them out of town. Like, yeah, I dominated, <laughs> I dominated. So yeah, <laughs> we celebrate. So yeah, a lot of fun games, a uh, really great episode. There's only four songs. Yeah. Like you said, uh, only an hour and 39 minutes. We could consume that in a workout. Uh, really fun episode. So that's season two, episode 47, the Christmas special. Uh, go check out where you get, podcasts uh, wherever you get your podcast file and entertainment the most popular one is spotify but you can also find it on apple and google correct like everywhere you're looking right. for a podcast yep. you can find it everywhere yep overcast all the the minor obscure ones as well so so now that the year is over this was kind of the, the bookend to to all of the music episodes so when does season three mm-hmm. start tell me a little bit about season three and what are your plans for season three yeah, we're going back to movies. We're still sticking with the the shtick of the show is, you know, everything goes in an alphabetical approach. So we're going to go A to Z with movies again. Uh, Mark's going to join us for A. Uh, he's bringing Air Bud to the table. <laughs> so, yes. so anybody that's liked all of us, uh, our talk about Air Bud on this show, we're actually going to do a deep dive on uh, well, I, at least the first Air Bud, whether that branches off into, I know that we jokingly said that we were going to do our own <laughs> Air Bud-centric kind of uh, sojourn, uh, its own separate thing, but I don't know. Yeah, we're at least going to start with the first Air Bud movie. I don't know what uh, Jared and my movies are going to be, but um, actually the, the first one that we're going to do is the, the movie tournament. So we did a, ah. a music tournament where all the artists that were featured in the music. So we did a a March Madness kind of uh, tournament of which Mark had joined. And I got a few emails that were saying that, Oh, you should have done the same thing with movies. And I said, well, it's never too late, I guess. So all the movies that we featured in the first season of file under are going to be uh, placed into a bracket. And we're going to do the same thing. That's going to be the the first, uh, episode of season three is our movie tournament so Ooh, now if you remember last time that was season two i uh, didn't have an episode number that was one of the specials that's kind of in between 29 and 28 that was the march madness uh, the music madness tournament uh in in uh, 
if you have not checked out that one, you got to check out that one. It has a surprise winner, a surprise, <laughs> almost like San Diego State, uh, almost champion, just like the real tournament. Uh, uh, an underdog Cinderella doesn't quite get a cash it in, but makes a miraculous run that we're all kind of uh, like Jim Nance. We're all flabbergasted at the end, but <laughs> the favorites take care of themselves and the one seeds get to cut down the, the nets. But it's it's a nice little thrill there. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I think it uh, it ended in a shock. I, I don't think that anybody could have anticipated that going in. So, but yeah, uh, check that out. I'm I'm thinking that the movies are gonna not have so many underdogs get all the way through. I think I'm I'm hoping anyway. I'm, I'm guessing that uh, we're gonna have more favorites that are kind of it'll it'll be more of a chalk tournament. I think with the movies. But we'll see. I guess there's always room for surprises. I mean, there's some. I mean, if you look back at the history, there, there's. I mean, you, you got uh, Zodiac, Zombieland. Look, I'm, I'm flying backwards. Both X Files movies, uh, The Warriors, Willie's Wonderland, B for Vendetta. That's probably going to be a number one seed. I got to think. Uh, gosh, Shaun of the Dead. Um, that's a, that's. Geez, I don't know, man. There's going to be a lot of. Uh, Paddington and Playing God, both of those ones. That's a that's a really interesting one. Um, a good episode to go back and check. In my mind, like I look at the number one seeds, like I think Fight Club gets a number one seed, right? Like, yes, it does. Yeah, there's just no way. That's just one of those ones that's that's gonna. It feels like such a favorite. I also feel like Donnie Darko would be like your UCLA, like it is your highly rated <laughs> Pac-12 team. That, that you kind of take seriously because you're like, oh, yeah, I've heard UCLA is good, but you've never seen UCLA play in the tournament. <laughs> and then they get yeah. you to the Sweet 16. And so then the East Coast the fuck out. Going yes. to the West Coast. But, uh, yeah, no, I so I actually did uh, a lot of research with this, an embarrassing amount, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took the, the ratings from both the IMDb page and the Rotten Tomato score. <laughs> Uh, also, the Rotten Tomato like audience score and the number of ratings that weighed into the factor. So there's like some of the like obscure movies, like uh, like Playing God, actually is like a really really. It's towards the bottom of the barrel because like hardly anybody had seen it. It wasn't re- really highly rated. I think it's only like a a six or something maybe on on both IMDb and and Rotten Tomatoes, and and that might even be higher than what it actually is and you know not a lot of ratings so all that kind of factored in so i think um like the the big huge names like fight club like you mentioned the matrix one that are movies are highly rated and and also that a lot of people have seen and rated you know that there's a big audience score those kind of got you know more favorable remarks so Oh, I forgot the Matrix is in the mix too. Yeah, they got to be a number one seed. Gosh, there's a there's your Kansas, there's your <laughs> there's your Kentucky right there. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I can't wait to see how it breaks down. I have I have one in mind that I that I have as my uh, as my sublime kind of uh, you know long shot. 
to, to cash this one in. It, okay. it, but my, my question is, is the Christmas special going to be, are those movies going to be included in this, in the round of 64? <laughs> Christmas with the cranks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you want to see that go all the way. Huh? <laughs> I, I'd like to pull it, see it pull off a, a, a day one upset where we're just like, <laughs> man, that Tim Allen, man, he's just, uh, <laughs> so I, I'm guessing you didn't listen to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember I did, and I remember you were both pretty anti Tim Allen. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, oh my God, Dylan! Like, the, he didn't even watch the movie because he couldn't bear <laughs> to see it again. Like, he had seen it so many times by that point, and not willingly. Like, I think that his girlfriend was like maybe a fan of it and had like subjected him to like multiple viewings of that. So he just did everything from memory, and so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, 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 I love the. It's like, uh, it's like Rick Pitino. It's like it wins a game it shouldn't. We're all disgusted by it. <laughs> we're all, but then we're all honored by the the craftsmanship of it. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's going to be very difficult. I don't remember off the top of my head uh, where it actually is seated or who it's up against in the first round, but. Um, that's another one that is kind of like lampooned across the board. Like people just almost universally despise it. Like I think, I think you're a little bit different. Like you actually had a favorable, favorable view of it, but I think not a lot of people, I think it's not highly rated and a lot of people kind of shit on it. So it's very, very low on, on the board. Ooh, yeah. I, I'm going to be, I'll be pulling for it. I'll be, I'll be the, the one fan of it. Uh, yeah. It, it's going to be a really, really great tournament. I can't, I can't wait for that one. I, I'm going to be in attendance for that one. I'll be casting my votes. Uh, I'll, I'll be fighting. I'll be fighting the good fight for Tim Allen, Tim Allen, wherever you are, Michigan man and, and former convict yourself. I'm fighting for you, bro. I'm fighting for you. <laughs> so make sure all the help it can get. Yeah, <laughs> make sure you're checking out file under entertainment. So we don't ask for, uh, I am once again asking for your financial support. Don't ask for any cash, but please, 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 please. If you're listening to this podcast, go check out that post, give it a few listens, get ready for the movie season, or just go back and listen to the Christmas episode. Very short. Or you can listen to any of the episodes I've been on or Jared's been on or uh, Eric's musical journey is a really good one too. any of the episodes. I encourage you to go back. It's not time sensitive. So go back, check out an episode or two, get ready for the movie tournament. Go back and check out a few episodes from season one. Let's, let's get ready. Let's have some favorites, have some thoughts going into this one. Who or who are you? Are you thinking it's going to be all chalk? Who do you think is going to be the upset? Who's going to be the surprise in the sweet 16? Who's going to make it to the elite eight? Who doesn't believe doesn't belong there. And who's going to be the Cinderella story in the final four. Uh, I'm hoping it's an sec team. I just, <laughs> just I'm just <laughs> looking forward to the arguments because you know, whatever we get Jake and David, I think they're pretty, I'm, they have some passionate uh, ideas about music, but I think, you know, that's my real bread and butter. When I really started interacting with those guys was in season one when they were joining for movies. And so I know that they've got a lot of, you know, hot takes on movies. Ooh. So I, I cannot wait for those discussions when we start paring down the bracket and people just you know, getting very upset about <laughs> some arbitrary, meaningless thing like a, a tournament. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I cannot wait. That's going to be a great one. So until then, make sure you're checking out a few past episodes. And also, if you're not already, make sure you're following us on they Twitter. They say I had a Twitter site. We are at EVLMRK. Once again, it's EVLMRK. We have the best retweets, comments, memes, and content. And once again, on Twitter, that's EVLMRK. Look for hashtag EMS195. Hashtag EMS195. You'll see everything that we talk about in today's episode will be linked there for you to check out. Come check out your boy, Pinguino, on the tweeter. And... Let's start today 
with America's favorite. It's it, people were asking for it. They, they wanted to know where it was. This is the only thing you missed. You weren't worried about. I didn't get an email about where I was until that Jared <laughs> episode came out. Before that, it was just like, hey, we're, 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 we're not doing the game wow. or what? <laughs> no one cares whether Mark lives or dies. It's all about Eric's cat watching yeah. movies. <laughs> I've been outshined by Incredible. a cat. And it, it's not even my cat. I can't even explain. I can't even like put him on. Uh, can you do? Can an animal be on OnlyFans? <laughs> I, I don't I, know. I don't know what the rules are. I kind of want to know, but I'm kind of worried to kind of Google that. Let me <laughs> let me get up a let me get up a DuckDuckGo browser here really quick. <laughs> Can animals be on OnlyFans? It just it, I let me see if, if the feds show up. I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, I I would be weirded out about what people might ask him to do. Like, oh yeah, spread those toe beans. <laughs> not allowed yeah it's not allowed okay thank god okay that's you know it's probably you're right it's probably a good thing <laughs> like I, I was going to the same place of like hey take a picture of him watching like a terrible movie like take a, a picture of watching like uh i don't know like, <laughs> the purge number seven or something like that like it looks disinterested give me a picture of that like i'm thinking it's it's that but it would probably get very weird very dark very oh dark. yeah for, <laughs> for sure so, uh, but let's start today with America's favorite cat-based podcast reading game to test your knowledge of cinema's greatest movies and in the month of December's Christmas's greatest movies. Uh, let's play a little What's Wrigley Watching presented by Chewy.com. And... Of course, uh, shout out to Old Dominion, not only the band for their song, The Sweetest Thing, that was the Meow Mix cut version of this song, but also Old Dominion, the trucking company, and Old Dominion University. Horrible, heartbreaking bowl loss. Uh, had your backs there, Monarchs. It didn't come through for me, uh, but still, appreciate the game. I uh, love Old Dominion. Uh, last week, the winner was Mike in San Diego, California, who correctly guessed the movie last week, two weeks ago, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Now, here's the clip of the infamous cameo that ruins the movie for half of America. So this is Mike was like, I was like, this is the one I was going to pick. He's like, that's exactly what I was going to pick though. I give you just a little tiny taste here. Excuse me. Where's the lobby down the hall and to the left. Thanks. That's it. That's the man, the one and only. In later, later, as, as as they would say, America would elect that man the leader of the country. <laughs> I wish you would have sat down by the Kafifi machine. <laughs> the Kafifi machine. That's right. Yeah. That's a, you know. I'll give the guy credit for one thing. He never had anybody write his tweets. <laughs> he <just laughs> furiously wrote them, probably in a bathroom or over a sink somewhere, <laughs> with with all his fat fingers and in, in full glory. Uh, uh, but congratulations, Mike. Now I don't know if you know I, this story. The story that I found related to this. This might be a little unbelievable. Let me give you the premise of this story. This is from uh, the New Yorker. Okay. I, just the headline alone. I, I'm, I don't know if you're going to believe it. Tell me if you believe it, then we, I, I'll get you to the meat of this story. It says, how Donald Trump bullied his way into Home Alone. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned if you spent Christmas holidays binge-watching the Home Alone franchise. I did. I watched the first two. I don't go past three. Three is like, 
that's two I can I can I can kind of it's like all right it's on it's background noise it's it's Christmas ish it doesn't have the weird like I don't like Polar Express I'd rather watch Home Alone two than Polar, Polar Express has got that annoying know it all kid who's wrong by the way uh, <laughs> in a lot of his facts and then there's the weird plastic faces and the nightmare horror of it I think I'd rather watch Home Alone two than Polar Express like what's a good like Penn State level holiday movie like Home Alone two is right there right. Uh, yeah, I mean, so we just we watched the first Home Alone. We also watched the first two Die Hards, and mm. uh, I re- I forgot that Die Hard Two also takes place at Christmas. And like we had talked about, like uh, Jared was saying, like, oh yeah, Bruce Willis says that Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. And I was asking Megan, I was like, well, so Die Hard Two expressly takes place at Christmas. People, there's Christmas music playing everywhere. People, all, everyone has presents. Is you going to try to say that Die Hard Two is not a Christmas movie as well? Like, there's no way that he wouldn't be able to do it. But everyone uh, who who wants to get die hard into the non-Christmas movie category has to go through all these mental gymnastics. It's he's literally in the first movie, he's coming home to be with his family for Christmas for the specific purpose of Christmas, and then all the shenanigans do. This is it's more of a Christmas movie than Home Alone. I don't even know Home Alone doesn't even take all of the actions leading up to it take place before Christmas. His his mm-hmm. mom gets home by Christmas, right? I think it's it's actually on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah she gets I, home I, on I Christmas he, Day. He makes the wish like on Christmas Eve, and try he leaves like the plate out of cookies and milk for Santa, and like makes the wish that you know that that she returns. And so on Christmas morning, the family comes back. So yeah, and then and then the movie ends. So I think <laughs> <laughs> so Home Alone too. This is a story is that. Uh, former President Donald Trump uh, in this cameo is walking through the New York City's Plaza Hotel. And then this, this came down from Christopher Columbus, who was the director who said that um, that they were looking to film at the Plaza Hotel because it was short notice and a very short budget for, for Home Alone. Home Alone has a weird cinematic history where like something about like it was originally at a different, it was originally, I think at Paramount, they originally put it for $10 million dollars. Uh, Christopher Columbus took the movie knowing that it was going to be, there was going to be a budget overrun. And the whole idea was that, yeah, run the budget over so much to the point where Paramount's going to want to cut its losses, move it to another uh, uh, studio that had bigger ambitions that wanted to really fund it. Uh, there was one point out there where Paramount was like, let's just get this thing in the can. Let's get this thing direct to video. Let's get this thing out of our hair. It, it was Christopher Columbus who who had that idea. And because of that, that movie and that franchise ended up at Warner Brothers, and here it is—a a, a Christmas classic. But uh, when they're filming for part two, or for yeah, when they're filming for part two, did not have the budget. Uh, fighting for kind of relevancy here, even though they had already proven that they had made a hit, uh, and they were filming in New York on short notice, could not find a hotel. Plaza kind of fit what they were looking for. Trump was the owner of the Plaza at the time, and his one condition that he be in the movie, he have a line, and it not be cut. That was his condition. To, to being in Home Alone too, so he bullied his way into Home Alone too. Yeah, definitely believe that. Seems unbelievable. It just see, doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would bully anybody. I mean, I, I don't know. I You're just, fired. I don't see it. I just don't. Very lovable guy. Very nice. It's, it's, I, I'm shocked. I'd really be shocked if that was true. I, I, I wish I had a fake news sound buzzer here because I have a. Uh, Makes me sick, mother. If this is true. Makes me sick, motherfucker. How far we done fell? Uh, yeah, if if true, not a fan. <laughs> not okay. 
a fan. Uh, I, I was going to play one more sound effect too, but I cannot. Find, oh yeah, you could even say, "You really are the most <laughs> devious bastard in New York City." I, I don't know why I knew I would work it in. <laughs> so, congratulations, congratulations, Mike in San Diego, California. I think Wrigley has been watching even more TV. Set us up for this week, Eric. Yes, Wrigley's always wanted to be part of the show, which is why he's lent his paw of approval to our tacos. He's got a couple of them this week. He is spoiled. He has his own room with his own TV and DVR, which he's using to watch films this month to try to contribute to the show, which is awesome. But unfortunately, since he's a cat, he's not the best at communication. So he's been using the dog's communication buttons to try to tell us about this old Christmas movie he was watching. Maybe you, dear listener, can be like Mike in San Diego and help Mark and I piece together what Christmas movie is Wrigley watching? <laughs> I think it's going to be fairly obvious. <laughs> yeah, this one's going to be a timestamp one, if you've been paying attention. <laughs> uh, your clues for this week are, based on Legal Eagle's non-lawyerly book, <laughs> it's pretty great, uh, <laughs> Crystal Skull Christmas Ringleader, Michigan man protagonist. They spent $6,132 on last Christmas. Celebrate Christmas or else. (laughs) (laughs) And Blue is the alpha. And she was getting a little testy with Wrigley that her and Ghost should be a part of this thing. So they've collectively agreed that the sixth clue would be a combined effort between them, which we're calling Blue's Clues slash Ghost Gift. Last time around, it was a $1,000 room service bill that would be about $2,200 today. Kevin's heartfelt moment with the pigeon lady is undercut by his dad yelling at him about a $967 room service tab. And according to the U.S. inflation calculator, that would be roughly $2,200 in 2023 money. And for this week, it is this. Dewey, Abusey, and friggin' Cheech again. <laughs> it's, once again from the top. Based on Legal Eagle's non-lawyerly book, Crystal Skull Christmas Ringleader, Michigan Man Protagonist. They spent $6,132 on last Christmas. Celebrate Christmas or else. <laughs> and Dewey, Abusey, and friggin' Cheech again. If you want your pet to be spoiled like Wrigley, Ghost, Blue, Havana, and Jared's Stinky Birds, you can find the best stuff to give them their best life at Chewy.com. As a Chewy affiliate, we earn a commission for qualifying purchases. You can find the link in the show notes and get started treating your pets like superstars. Yeah, I think uh, Jared was looking for the link earlier today. I emailed it to him right away. He was like, hey, I I think his dad was looking to buy some uh, pet supplies. Hopefully not bird supplies. Hopefully his dad has a regular animal. (laughs) but you you never know like usually like when you meet a guy's dad you're like okay that's where that weird stuff comes from (laughs) like his dad owned gerbils like i would be like yeah that (laughs) that makes sense like yeah he's he's got gerbils or he's got like one of those like a a pot-bellied pig he's like he like lets it run around the living room and sit in the chair i'd be like yeah okay i get it now i get it this is why suddenly with birds it's just a step up this is casually uh doing better than your father than your your father's generation that slow struggle from like uneducated to college degree that slow struggle from owning lower animals to birds to actual normal animals like a cat or dog but no matter what animal you own (laughs) you can use 
Chewy.com to get the supplies, the toys, the medicine. Chewy.com is like the Amazon of, of pet supplies. Make sure you're using the link in the show description. So wherever you're hearing this episode, go listen, go check out the descriptions. Got some funny jokes in there. Also has a link to Chewy.com. Use that link when you're making your purchases. Chewy.com, you can order it. Stuff gets to your house right away. Very, very cool. Very cool box too. And a really, really great company. And make sure you're sending your answer. So timestamps are going to be on here. Uh, we're going to go by timestamps. I need the name of the movie and I need a scene from the movie. Uh, send your answers to show at evilmark.com. Winners will be announced on Twitter slash X with hashtag EMS195. Once again, send your answers to show at evilmark.com. The whole team, including Wrigley. And the dogs. And the birds. Wish you the best of luck. All right. So this is a big day. Episode number 195. But, bro, it's Thursday. You know what that means. It's time to hand out some tacos. If I can find the link. There we go. Oh, he has trouble with the snap. You're fired. <laughs> you can't keep getting away with it. You, you know what I haven't played? I haven't played any Alex Jones drops at all today. I, I don't know what's wrong. Yeah, you did. You went right off the top. I think he's autistic. Oh yeah, that's right. I did. I, yeah, he's obviously autistic or something. I feel sorry for him. These aren't the droids you're looking for. I, all of them, they they all become new. Every time I hear one, I'm like, I'm like, no, no, that's my favorite. Like I, that one time I had to apologize to uh, Jared's uh, um, Canadian girlfriend, who still I'd like to see proof of life. Uh, but <laughs> where's the, uh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> can't find that one. Every, every, every one is, is my favorite one. Uh, like, oh, it's oh. hard to beat the frogs though. I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fake. I know. I know Alex. I know, but it's not fake. It's Taco Thursday. It's no, no, stop. Taco Thursday is our version of weekly award show <laughs> where we reward the best places, people's things with the best award. Anyone can receive a taco. Eric, I'd appreciate if you guys kicked us off this week. Who is your first taco for? Yes, I know I sound like a broken record at this point, but bowl season just isn't what it used to be with the transfer portal as the new normal. But while we're used to hearing that players will be opting out of playing in the game in the last game of the year, this has to be a new one for everyone involved. In an award that I'm calling the Egg on Their Face in the Toastery Bowl taco, we find Western Kentucky Hilltopper quarterback Caden Veltkamp, who was listed as third on the depth chart before the start of the game and didn't plan on featuring at all. One, because he's actively in the transfer portal, (laughs) ended up playing a very active and a deciding role in the outcome of the game. Hilltopper quarterback Austin Reed opted out of the game, so the starting out went to Turner Helton, who's the son of Georgia Southern coach Clay Helton and the nephew to Western Kentucky coach Tyson Helton. Well, Turner threw one of the worst passes <laughs> in the history of the sport, which resulted in an Old Dominion pick six, and the Monarchs quote, were well on their way to a blowout win. They were up 28 to nothing when wow. Tyson Helton yanked his nephew Turner in favor of Caden Veltkamp, figuring how much worse can this guy be, the guy that entered the transfer portal because because the Hilltoppers wanted him to forego being a quarterback in favor of a position change to tight end, <laughs> then went under center and just started slinging that ball around. Velcant went 40 of 52 for 383 yards and five touchdowns, leading his team to a huge come from behind 38 to 35 win in overtime, which earned him player of the game 
And now he's reevaluating his thought on the transfer portal. That is, if Western Kentucky pulls their head out of their ass and name him the starter going forward, which would probably prompt uh, Turner Helton to head over to Georgia Southern to play for his pops. <laughs> I mean, never mind. <laughs> no one wants to play for Kay, Clay Helton. What am I thinking? Yeah, no way. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up being a bowl game and a performance for the ages. So we thank you for the entertainment and for the drama, which allowed me to use this as a very quick find taco. Henceforth, I am offering Cade Veltkamp these Evil Markshire tacos with Wrigley's Paw of Approval for a performance probably primarily fueled by spite, and we can definitely get behind that. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, he he balled out of his mind. Uh, just unbelievable in that bowl game. And you got to think, like, if he like maybe Mike Gundy should have been on the phone, like trying to work because didn't he lose his son? Could they like trade sons? Yes. Like is that too? <laughs> he did. I have to. I don't know if that's a thing. I have to talk to Gaio about that. If, if that's actually like a thing that happens, like I imagine somewhere in like Georgia or Alabama or somewhere down there, like that probably occurs. But he played lights out. Uh, it, I can't believe. Even when you look at the build of this guy, I don't know who looked at this guy and thought he'd be a tight end. Let me play imagine a little playing him. in a bowl game while you're in the transfer portal, then coming off the bench and throwing five touchdowns to lead your team to a 28 point comeback victory. That's exactly. Yeah, that's what Eric just said. <laughs> yes. Uh, no highlights, just a weird, ominous video of a man from 24-7 Sports talking. But yeah, I. how do you feel about guys playing while they're in transfer portal? Like, it's like, it, the, one, it kind of does solve the problem that we, we have. I think we've, we've always agreed on this. Like, guys should play in the bowl games. And yeah, I, I guess this so. does encourage guys to play in a bowl game if you're trying to get some film out there to get it go someplace different or maybe make some money. Like maybe we can sure, yeah. revitalize bowl games. Well, I mean, exactly to your point, like what you just said is just spot on why you should, because if you are truly committed to going somewhere else, well, either trying to cement your spot on the, on the existing roster where you're at, or you're trying to get tape to entice someone to actually sign you like someone like this, he's going to transfer because he wants to play quarterback. Okay. Fair enough. But no one's seen you do anything. So it's just like, what, looking at your immeasurables? Like, you're just like, okay, the guy's 6'6", six, six, he's, you know, 240 pounds. Like, I guess he can play quarterback. Well, now, if Western Kentucky doesn't keep him or if he still wants to stay in the portal, someone else would be like, yeah, the guy went 40 of 52 with 383 yards and five touchdowns. Like, yeah, that's probably someone we want to take a, a better look at. So, yeah, this definitely worked out in his favor on multiple levels. Like if he wouldn't have played or whoever is you know, kind of sitting out, I, I, don't, I don't get that at all. I, I don't understand it. And I will say, like, I, I don't know. I, I love bowl season. I, I think bowl season has been great so far. Like there's been a lot of really interesting games. I think the one thing that, that this bowl season lacks is like the total disregard from ESPN. Like they're calling the games and they could not be any less interested in the game that they're presenting. I, I, I've watched uh, at least seven bowl games this, this, this uh, postseason. All of them focus around the college football playoffs. It's never about the implications of the game, about the implications for each program. It's it's always looking forward. It's always like, what's next? Well, really, but I, to be honest, though, I, I mean, I wish that there was more gravitas on all the other games. I wish that the focus could be on the games itself, but it is all about the college football playoff, not only because of money, but also because those are the ones where almost everybody is playing, right? Like mm-hmm. very few of those teams. I mean, uh, Alabama surprisingly had a couple of people opt out for, you know, not even for the pros. They're going to the portal. Like you play for Alabama for Nick Saban. Why are you getting in the portal in the first place? But anyway, 
that's neither here nor there. Like almost all of those those guys are playing because that's a game that actually means something. Like look at what's going on with Florida State. I know that we're going to get into that, you know, a lot deeper later on, but how many people did they lose? Like, why are they even bothering to show up for that game? It's <laughs> uh, like, it's pointless for them to even play like the, something like the playoffs where actually people are actually going to suit up and hit the field. Those are the only ones that really mean anything. So I, I don't, I can't really fault ESPN for putting all the focus on that because of those. I, those I don't think the they, I don't think they care either. It just seems, it seems so lackluster. Like they just don't even care. I was watching the GMAC bowl and it was like, they couldn't even be bothered. It's like, well, we're here. And and I think the whole point of the bowl game system is like, I think even the worst bowl, the cure bowl, like drew like close to a million viewers. And, and that does like three times better than college basketball during the week. So there is something to be said for somebody's making money. Like this makes good TV, especially at this time of year. But if you don't sell these things, this is really going to get diminished when we have a 12 team playoff, then who's going to watch the cure bowl. Like when there's a 12 team playoff, like it, or, the Sun Bowl, I think, is all right. the Sun and Holiday, unless they get swept up in there, unless they bring in the bowl system. Like, they're these other ones, these smaller ones New Mexico, the Arizona Bowl, the Cure Bowl, uh, the Scooters Coffee, blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't see how they survive. Like, why, how are you, why would you watch that on a Wednesday if there's a, if there's a, a first round game that's, that's on, you know, that's on the same night? Or if right. you're trying to go up on a Thursday, like all these, all these bowl games are going to turn into like Tuesday, Wednesday night kind of action, or they're going to need something exotic like the Hawaii Bowl or the Bahamas Bowl to kind of keep interest. Which is a shame because I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's there's probably a realistic argument that there's too many bowls as it is. Like where <laughs> there there was so many bowls that they didn't have enough bowl eligible teams, where like a bunch of like five and seven teams actually had got to go bowling because they couldn't find you know, anybody else. So I think there's something to be said about maybe like eliminating some of those, but I think the hope is that with more teams having a viable shot at playoff contention, that more players will stick those games out. I, I don't know. I'm That's certainly my hope. I'm hoping that, you know, guys don't just be like, Oh, I'm going to sit this one out, even if it's a playoff game, because it could jeopardize my, my draft status, you know, if I, uh, it's, I'm, I'm going to get the portal, get money, or I got to get drafted, get money. But either way, I can't play football. I can do as a football player, you can do anything you want, but play football. <laughs> but play, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't do that. Look, 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 look I might get hurt. <laughs> I just believe me when I tell you I'm a football player. Yeah. just, it's, <laughs> we're, we're going to get there. We're, we're going to get there. Next year is going to be, be wild as the, the new scheme takes place. But let me get to my first talk up. What I love about Auburn head coach Hugh Freeze is that he has never done anything wrong. He can always hold his head high knowing he's a true paragon of virtue when it comes to college football head coaches. I call my first award the, I played 20 hours of Tarkov and all I got was this lousy recruit taco. Now, (laughs) during the first day of the early spring uh, signing period, the Auburn Tigers cleaned up big time. They had the seventh ranked class overall, which included two five stars, 13 four stars, and six three stars. Auburn literally crushed it. This might be the best recruiting class in the past 15 years. It was an exhausting process buying all these players. Hell, I, I can't tell you how gassed I got after going Christmas shopping at Target. I can relate. Now, Freeze being a stand-up guy with a history of honest honesty commented on the chaos of his shopping trip for recruits in his latest presser. Here is Hugh Freeze uh, kind of explaining the difficulty and the chaos of having to recruit top players in college football. 
just play. Don't fight with me. <laughs> How much effort went into keeping the guys that were committed versus going out and trying to flip guys? Uh, it was both. I mean, you can't. Yeah. Listen, last night it was, uh, there's some schools in this conference that, uh, they, they, they believe in last night efforts and, um, and what, you know, you gotta, you gotta fight and you gotta hold on and you gotta stay up all night and play video games and <laughs> do stuff that's out of my comfort zone. And, um, but you, you just, you know, there was, there was some late night push. Let me repeat that phrase here. You got to stay up, quote, you got to stay up all night and play video games and do stuff that's out of my comfort zone, end quote. Hugh Freeze was subjected to hours of Call of Duty, and he felt bad during it the entire time. Hugh is slaving away in front of an Xbox One, and you, dear <laughs> listener, won't let him move past his very slight passing discretions. What else does he need to do? Does he need to play Roblox, Fortnite? How many hours of confirmed play on Steam before we forgive and recognize Hugh Freeze as our better? I don't need to see his PSN trophy case to know to throw him some accolades. And this is fitting because when you're on a video game heater, you need fuel. Typically that's Mountain Dew, but sometimes you need actual solid food. And what food is better than an evil Mark Show taco? So Coach <laughs> Freeze, enjoy this taco after your long days of buying recruits and toiling in the salt mines of Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, boo-hoo. <laughs> like uh... <laughs> I would trade spots with that guy <laughs> anytime. <laughs> this is this is just like when when I hate to bring it back on Jared, but like every time he, he's like, I'm like, how you doing, man? He's like, oh man, I'm exhausted. Like I was up all night playing Tarkov. <laughs> like really? <laughs> I'm like, you guys don't like start with that game and play. You, you really play that one all? <laughs> like, I I I've watched a little bit. I've watched Tarkov. I can't imagine anything more boring. <laughs> like there's nothing. Like I'd rather have Jim Buck, Jim Nance, uh, all those electric guys calling a, a golf tournament in 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 like wow. in Kansas than, than watch Tarkov. Yeah, definitely not for me either. <sighs> but Hugh Freeze, a, a martyr. Uh, video game, the first video game martyr, like having to get out of his comfort zone. Like some of these guys, man, they're just—it's nothing's ever. Everything's always a complaint for him. Like the whole, like Davo, him, even Drake, which is like he has some of this too, where it's like this whole recruiting process. And maybe there's some point to it because it is pretty crazy that we're we're doing all this transfer recruiting during the bowl season you got guys mm-hmm. literally being bought and sold you know trying you know there's fake outs there's the there's a the guy who almost went to colorado who pulled it out the last second never really signed his commitment caused a lot of uh, heartache there like there's always this back and forth it seems like what Saban mentioned years ago when we first talked about the portal signing period like this probably should have been moved back till after the the championship like that was probably a good idea and he wasn't just being an old man yelling at clouds right Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Because this, I mean, now we got guys in full games in the transfer portal, guys not going to play games at all in the transfer portal because of what if could happen. It's one thing if you know you're going to get more money and you know you're not going to play or you know you're going to the NFL. Like, I like all my opt-outs early in the postseason process. I don't like us to be one week away from the game. Like, Orange Bowl is coming up this week, and and Milton's not going to play. We've got, that news breaks today uh, on Wednesday afternoon. And I'm like, well, what's the point now? 
Like I'm totally sold on Tennessee in that game, but now that they have no Milton, like what's the point? I, I don't even get to see him mm. throw uh, a citrus a hundred yards. Like <laughs> <laughs> how can I get hyped for next season if the guy's not even gonna play? <laughs> yeah, well, so is he going to the draft or is he going elsewhere? Like doesn't he, he has eligibility left, doesn't he? Yeah, it is supposedly, you know, I, I didn't see that part of the story, but I believe it's to get ready for draft to, to work with a one-on-one trainer for, for draft purposes to mm. see where his stock is. So it's not even, he's going to go to the NFL draft. I believe he's going to prep for the NFL draft and see what his I, grades come back. With at. all those, those other guys that are out there that are <laughs> like Drake, May, Caleb Williams, Jane Downing, Jane Downing, all those guys are going to go above him, right? Like, what is he thinking? I, Wow, I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. As I, yeah. I guess for collegiate quarterbacks, I mean, they they have to make nil money because the pros isn't a guaranteed thing. I mean, Spencer Rattler, for fuck's sake, thinks that he's going to get drafted. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, it's he, tough. That he'll be there at practice versus when they're they're going to be playing Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. He'll be at practice. Here's what Heifel said. Joe has been with us throughout bowl preparation as he was going through his process. Guys are excited to play with Nico, who's the backup. They appreciate Joe, obviously, for everything he's done. He's been a great teammate to everybody inside the locker room. And to Nico as well, he's been part of the preparation. He'll be with us all week. Uh, Milton, a six-year senior, started all 12 games. Uh, he does have some eligibility left, but he is going to ten- test the NFL draft waters. He's hoping to get a C-plus or B-minus kind of level NFL draft grade. So I, I think in that kind of scenario, he's like hoping to go sometime on the second day, third, fourth, fifth round. I mean, I yeah, it, that's that's a real reach. And I'm a guy who really likes Joe Milton. I don't know if I would be willing to to, to burn a draft pick on him. Unres- you know, you know, unsigned free agent, uh, maybe. But like, I don't know if I would waste a third rounder on him. That's a lot for a guy. Well, I mean, who... again, they play with footballs, not. <laughs> Not, not oranges, like not pieces of fruit. Do you get seven <laughs> points for throwing an orange hundred yards? Because if so, I think the Cardinals need to move Kyler Murray on out. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to complete a pass; you just have to be able to throw it. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna throw like he. You know what he should do? He should forget the NFL draft. He should just do like sideshows and carnivals. <laughs> He's a man who can throw a football a hundred yards. Yes. It's what was like uh, Uncle Rico or whatever. I, I yeah. bet you I can throw a football over those mountains. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. going to be Joe Milton. Like, <laughs> five bucks to throw the football over those mountains. <laughs> He's like a golfer who, who hustles like ranges, right? Who goes to ranges <laughs> and then like out distances people for 50 bucks. Like that's going to be his life. Like it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, what let's get to your next one. <laughs> Yes, all Katie Miller wanted to do was just keep planning her wedding. She didn't expect that her fiancé, Cole Kramer, would ditch her for some stupid football game. But in an award that I'm calling the Runaway Groom Taco, we find exactly that. The Minnesota Golden Gophers weren't even supposed to go bowling this year. They finished the regular season at 5-7, and seven, but a dearth of other bowl-eligible teams, coupled with the Gophers' high academic rating, meant that they received an invitation to the Quick Lane Bowl to match up with Bowling Green. <laughs> But even with them playing, Katie Miller thought that she'd be safe to enjoy the holidays with Cole, who was third on the depth chart at quarterback, <laughs> sensing a theme going on here. But alas, opt-outs, transfers, etc. meant that head coach P.J. Fleck called on Kramer, who himself admitted to being, quote-unquote, a little hesitant to tell Katie during a nursing <laughs> shift that he was lacing up the boots one last time 
and leaving her to handle the holidays and wedding planning and their pending house moves on her very oh own. God. <laughs> but she understood the magnitude of what it would mean for him to get a start in a college football game, what would be his first start in five seasons of football, and his very last chance at creating a lifelong memory. And Kramer did just that, helping his Gophers to a 30-24 to victory. I say helping instead of leading because he finished with more rushing yards than passing yards. <laughs> Getting 31 yards on three rushing attempts and a touchdown while going just Eight for 16 passing for, get this, Mark, this is a whopping 26 yards. Passing. Wow. Wow. Albeit with two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, the Gophers did it almost all via the grounded pound with running back Darius Taylor going for 208 yards on an incredible 35 carries from scrimmage. But now it's all over. Minnesota can get the bowl victory and still finish below 500. But Katie Miller got to be the supportive and understanding hero for standing by her man. Now Cole Kramer's real fun begins, getting this situation thrown in his face every single argument for the rest of the relationship. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that, How he exactly. left her to do literally everything <laughs> while he went out there to play like a little boy with the numbers to prove it. Just have fun with all that, Cole. Smile, nod, and retreat to your happy place and enjoy these evil Mark Show tacos. Yeah, he's he's always gonna get it. There's there's no way, and and rightfully so. He he's gotta you need to in order for you to complain about that you know that issue constantly brought up. You got to be like ten years in. He's got a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's well. The good thing is like, and I understand that what's interesting about that story is like him never playing and then him getting in that game. It's like it's a huge deal, especially for a guy who spent five years in the in the system. Guys are trying to stay in college football as long as they can now, and to get a chance to come in for a bowl game, even if it is the Quick Lane Bowl, yeah, you, you got to do it. Like, and it's not like he missed the actual wedding day. Like, he'll still be there for that, but he's going to be gone. Like, it, it happens. I, I I love this story, but yeah, he is a uh, he's going to catch some some unwarranted shit. Like, there, there's no doubt about that. Assuredly, yes, it absolutely going to happen. What's this? Uh, I wonder. What's the sound? Is this? He this... was already planning to kind of move on in life to wedding planning for his wedding in February to Katie. They were moving to Arizona. Still are, but that was the plan. And then he got the call that he was going to be able to play in this game. He was a little hesitant. He called Katie. Katie was in the middle of her shift as a nurse. She thought something was wrong, getting an emergency call from her fiance at work. But turns out he was telling her about this opportunity, and she could not be more thrilled about it. Yes. It means a little bit more work for her in the wedding planning process. And he says, hey, it is way more worth it to be able to do this. It took Cole a little bit of time to come around on changing plans, but he did thanks to Katie's Zing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You better, we better smooth that out. I don't want to upset the apple cart for the boy. I mean, I'm not even going to comment. Good, good luck. Godspeed. <laughs> Uh, let me get to my next one. So bowl season always brings us the college football money shot. No, 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 no. This, this story doesn't involve Bobby Petrino. I'm, I'm talking about the shot of the winning coach having Gatorade, <laughs> etc., dumped all over him while raising his hands in victory. It's memorable. It's iconic. It's completely ridiculous for a glorified exhibition game. I call this next taco the we're a Coca-Cola school show taco, <laughs> and I'm giving it to Georgia Tech head football coach Brent Key. Now, Key was left sopping wet after last Friday's Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, win over homemade t-shirt enthusiast UCF. His players hit him with the classic celebratory bath as soon as the clock hit zero. And when the sideline reporter got off Instagram long enough to come over into the post game interview on the field, Key was quick 
to pull the Georgia Tech pedantic nerd card and corrected the reporter. Let's go to the field and listen to Coach. This is what Coach had to say after the victory. Um, let me back this up. Coach, you smell like Gatorade. Saw you over there hyping up the crowd, and you told us this week seven and six looks a lot better than six and seven. What does this bowl win mean? It's Powerade. We're Coca Cola School. <laughs> Got it. No, it's, okay. <laughs> it's Powerade. It's Powerade. Let me. Brent Key says, "Fuck a college bowl game. We need to get it straight." What was just dumped all over me for the sake of sponsors? The Yellow Jackets drink Coca-Cola products. Georgia Tech is a Coca-Cola school. I think the whole state is a Coca-Cola product. Gatorade is owned by Pepsi and is therefore far inferior to America's favorite sugar juice. How dare that woman get the facts wrong? Fake news. Yo, Donnie boy, uh, where are you at? You still, you still around here? Give me you're a fired. Yeah, that's right. That's you. Pack your shit, honey. You're gone. But in all seriousness, Brett Key is doing some special work as we're at Georgia Tech. We're talking about Georgia Tech, and it's actually bowl season. So obviously, him pulling a saving <laughs> with his Coke products is okay as long as you're winning. Let's just make sure the media is being held accountable. God forbid anyone finds Key eating this evil Mark Shotaka with a bottle of Pepsi. The whore Brent Key told me. The Pepsi is really just the juice of gay frogs, Dylan Mulvaney piss, and high fr- fructose corn syrup. It's that, that's what he told me. <laughs> and literally, there are cases of it being dumped at Walmart's across America right now, just because of what I said. It, it's that's it. You should you should buy as much Pepsi as you can and destroy it, like all uh Kid Rock with his machine gun. And not Kid Rock with his machine gun, because if you watch that video, there's actually he's firing at the can, the cans of Bud Light, but there's another gun behind him because he is so wildly inaccurate. He cannot <laughs> hit the cans. Watch the video. I'm telling you guys, go watch the video on YouTube. You can see the second shooter in the background. I won't even call it's that the, my, behind the grassy knoll. I won't even say it's my favorite conspiracy. If you watch the video, you will see it. I'm 100 percent right. He's shooting at the the, the Bud Light. First of all. His, no trigger. He's he's got his finger all over the trigger from the start of the from the the video that he's making. First of all, as a as a guy who loves guns, I gotta say, they're shooting. But if you're in, which is a sport and is an enjoyable pastime, but if you're like, let's send a message, let's record a video, let me get my gun. Like that's the point where we should just be like, no, 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 no. Let's just, let's stop right there. We've already. We, We've gone too far. Anytime we're like, let's get the camera. I got, I got something to tell the world. Also, get my gun. That should be the point where, so you know, your friend has to like intervene and be like, no, like this is, this is a crying out for help. This is he wanting to send a message. So he, he's shooting at it, and he can't even really aim at it. He's so far off, and the, the, the AR is flying all over his hands. He's obviously not going to hit anything. You can see some of these rounds landing in the lake nearby, and it's a second shooter off to the side. Who's coming in directly and hitting all the Bud Light cans? I mean, if you're well, going to destroy Bud Light, he's drunk cans. off of Bud Light. <laughs> so, like he's actively drunk when he's probably trying to shoot. And you're talking about like he's got no like trigger discipline. He's got like the barrel all up in the air, right? Like he's like it's you're always supposed to have it pointing towards the ground and downrange, right? And like mm-hmm. he, like trigger discipline, like not having your finger on the trigger unless you're actively going to pull the trigger and just yeah, just like. You think that he'd be better with guns at this point? But. He's pointing it up in the sky like he's yeah. a, like a like a, 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 a 
like a, a, a guy fighting a revolution in Africa who's got a Toyota truck. He's like, da, 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 like one arm in it. You're like, what, is this guy like, he's a grown man who's supposed to be a gun enthusiast. He's not supposed to be like a child soldier in Darfur. What the hell is he holding his gun like that for? I mean, seriously. <laughs> and by the way, the first charity, which is like, hey, we got to help the, the children, the child soldiers of Darfur. And they're like, we want to help them, but we want to help them become better soldiers. So we need <laughs> helmets. We get them to training. Yeah, we get them. To I believe the CIA works a, a program like that. Actually, <laughs> they, do they? They really help out. They'll really help <laughs> out. Uh, but don't forget. Back to my point of my tago. Evil Mark show is a ta- is a Coca Cola school. Georgia Tech is a, is a Coca Cola school, and it is Brent Key's favorite drink. Uh, at, all the wonderful Coke products. So when you have Coke, you have Diet Coke, you have Cherry Coke, uh, Powerade. I'm not really a, a Powerade fan. Uh, let me see. Coke products. I think, what's their energy? Their uh, Fanta is them. It, 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 brands that the Coca-Cola company owns. Let's see here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really a, a Powerade kind of guy, uh, but I like... There's Fanta, there's Fresca, that's owned by them, Gold Peak, uh, Minute Maid, uh, Simply, Oranges, Sprite, Smart Water. Smart Water is pretty good. That's actually, there's no way to like look down on poor people than, than, than if you're drinking the Smart Water. That's like the greatest thing. <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> that's like you're living like Jeff Bezos right there. Uh, Costa Coffee, Body Armor, uh, Dasani. Uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm not, I'm not Minute Maid, Schweppes. I haven't seen Schweppes in a year. But yeah, all the Coca Cola products are wonderful and they're allowed at Georgia Tech. Everything else, Pepsi, is the devil. Let's keep that in mind <laughs> this fall season, sideline reporters. We need to make sure we're taking care of our sponsors uh, thoroughly and effectively. <laughs> are, you, I, are, you, are you a Coke guy or are you a Pepsi I guy? I am a Pepsi guy. <laughs> <Through and through>. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Diet Mountain Dew. It's my go-to. Yeah, <sighs> that's right. I do kind of remember that. <laughs> that's right. I do kind of remember that. I love a Pepsi's all right. Very sugary. I I, I like a regular Mountain Dew. That's a, that gets you really going. But uh, it's it's a shame that like you don't see Pepsi is a lot like uh of. Not a poverty brand. I'm not going to go that far, but it is one of the ones you like. Everywhere you go, it's Coke. Like you, 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 you got to go someplace special to get Pepsi. It's got to be like a Chinese food restaurant, or it's got to be like a, Taco Bell. Taco, Taco Bell, Bell. yeah, Taco Bell, Kentucky Fried Chicken, like the where they those weird where they used to own each other. Like you got to go there, like to get a Pepsi. You, you can't get it in a normal place. Like Coke is everywhere else, I, I, but a, a good Coke from McDonald's is still is still number one in it in my book. But I do love some other stuff. I've always preferred Pepsi. Like, see, I always thought that the that Coke, like full flavored Coke, always felt like too syrupy and sugary. It's like it it definitely has a very distinct flavor. So, well, and the McDonald's one is like straight from like they they do some kind of weird thing with the metal and the canister and the CO two. Like, they make sure it's like crack there. Like, (laughs) totally cranked up to ten. You're like, you're gonna eat a bunch of garbage. You want to wash it down with absolute worst thing you possibly get your mouth on. Like. Absolutely worse. <laughs> Even Bobby Petrino agrees. It's the worst thing you can put your mouth on. <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, his prostitute friends will will disagree. They think that 
that's true they probably yeah they probably have a different assessment of what's the worst thing to put in your mouth (laughs) for sure but eric who's your last taco horn yeah we never did get that call back or the acknowledgement from kellogg's or pop tarts themselves about mark and i being brand ambassadors for the game so alas we'll be like almost everyone else watching the game from afar wondering what that mascot tastes like and wishing we could see that beautiful trophy up close what, did you think that once the trophy was revealed that a legitimate lover of all things Pop-Tarts like myself would get a, would let a taco segment go by and not talk about how freaking awesome that trophy is? In an award that I'm calling the Like an Edible Venus de Milo Taco, we behold this beautiful trophy, which features a pedestal displaying the year. Another pedestal showing that it's an ACC versus Big 12 matchup, also ostensibly a place where the placard displaying the victorious team will be held, followed by another pedestal with four chromed pastries and that incredible Pop-Tarts Bowl logo, all topped off by a chrome football, which has two slots carved into it to hold two real legitimate Pop-Tarts pastries. This is one incredibly beautiful trophy, if I do say so myself. I had the same thought, though, that apparently every other single person who viewed those slots in the football had. Why not make that football a functional toaster to make this a practical, usable trophy that instead of just getting dusty and moldy behind some display case instead gets filled with crumbs from these delicious breakfast raviolis. I hope that this bowl sticks around for a while, and I also hope that the EA Sports College football game coming out in 2024 has the bowl tie-ins with winnable trophies, because even owning a digital version of this trophy is high on my list of accomplishments and must-dos. Until then, we offer one beautiful trophy, a similar beautiful trophy, an evil Mark Show taco with Wrigley's Paw of Approval. There's always next year Pop-Tarts. You know how to reach us. Don't let us down. I, you know, I, I love the land grant trophy. The land grant trophy is great because it's like, a, it's like somebody's weird home built armoire. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. like put some Penn state and stuff in there. But this one is pretty fancy too. It's got the two slots on top of the football. I just uh, I tweeted out this, uh, the picture of the, the, the trophy hashtag EMS one ninety five. Yeah. Wow. It's so classy. And it's got the, the silver pop tarts on the side. It's got the logo. It's got the holder at the top. Yeah. I, I don't the next step, I guess you got to turn that over to those like uh, Mythbusters guys or those guys who like invent <laughs> stuff. Like you got to get yeah. them involved to get this, turn this thing into a real toaster. How, how can we heat these pop tarts? It shouldn't be that hard. I'm sure that they can, you know, add some kind of like heating element to it. It's got to be pretty but easy. The Japanese would have had this done by now. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Not saying yeah, anything about really, American yeah. in- ingenuity. I, I'm from the university that's number one in innovation, but I'm it's telling you that they would have already solved this by now. Yeah, I just I love the the touch of the chrome pop tarts on the side. I love that they have the slot in there for uh, just real pop tarts to put in there. It, it's just so cool. I mean, if I wasn't already a, a pop tart chill, I think that this trophy probably would have been enough to kind of turn me. It's it's classy in all the right areas and also like kind of cheesy and uh, like just very on brand for, for Kellogg's pop tarts, I think so. And they have a crazy person. We'll tell you a little bit about the, the trophy. For years, this trophy had the same design. We're going to toast these old trophies as material and get to work. We got to make the most popping trophy. G-Ray, what you got? I'm going to chrome dome a football, making it the shiniest trophy ever but with a pop tarts twist. Tina, how are we going to make this unique? 
Sparkosaurus Rex, the best part about eating Pop-Tarts is taking it out of the silver wrapping. So I'm adding the best part to this trophy. There's just one thing today. Kurt's gonna be here all day, making sure we stay on schedule and get this done on time. Hey guys. So then they actually <laughs> build the trophy. So it's, it's like pin my ride, but it, it's with the Pop-Tart trophy. Now I gotta tell you this, one of the things came out on Reddit today, and I, I'm not trying to, to, to bag on Pop-Tarts, but you are a Pop-Tart super fan. I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't pass this by. And it's not hurt feelings or being bitter because we got left out of the whole equation. But I did read on the Reddit front page today before this, before we recorded, they were talking about what products used to be popular, but just aren't as good as they used to be. Shockingly, and this is what I would like you to comment on, is a lot of people say Pop-Tarts. A lot of people say the frosting doesn't even go to where it used to go on the top of it which I, I've been a big proponent of that. I've been harping on it. Well, I've been harping on the fact that it should go all the way to the edge, but, <laughs> and then there's also people who believe there's less filling in Pop-Tarts now versus even five, 10 years ago. Eric mm. is someone who actually partakes in Pop-Tarts. Uh, all fairness to Kellogg's, not trying to pick on them, but give me your opinion on Pop-Tarts. Are we getting less tart? Probably. I mean, that happens with everything. Like, I mean, bags of chips, like no matter who the supplier is, they, they sell it by volume. So it's like these bags are like half full or whatever as it is. And there's still, the price keeps going up and up. It used to be what, like three seventy nine. Now you look at a bag of chips and it's got like five twenty nine or something as like the suggested retail price. Like everybody kind of tries to maximize profits and, and cut their costs. And so, you know, portions get smaller. I'm sure there is less frosting than there used to be. There probably is less filling than there used to be. Um, but I think that they're, still is good and like if you don't like like that's one of those things like like if you buy generic stuff whatever like that, that's fine like there's not a, a real discernible difference in most generic things versus the name brand stuff but buy a generic band, band of pop tart and tell me that they're just as good and i know that you're a fucking liar because oh, yeah. Kellogg, it has to be kellogg's brand pop tarts if you buy any other like imitation thing like toastums or whatever the fuck those are just garbage you're just wasting your money. Like spend the extra coin to get Kellogg's brand pop darts. I, I agree with you. Like the, 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 the uh, what are those generic ones called? They're called like toastums or uh, yeah, toastums. Toastums. Yeah. Toastums are garbage. That's like, no, nah. it, it, it's not like a paper towel where you can just be like, give me more. Like I'll just take a whole handful this time around. Like it, it, it's not like one of those kind of products where you can kind of cheap away from, you just use more of it. Like it, you don't want to eat like six toasts to make enough for one pop tart. Cause they're like, I mean, they have even less filling and the filling's not as good. And they're all like doughy and powdery and flaky. And yeah, that just See, they're garbage. If, I if, just, if, I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm telling you, if, 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 if Trump really wanted to, to drive a wedge this election, he'd be like, no, forget about making America great again. I'm going to make food products great again. <laughs> it's like, if someone promised me, like, we're going to make Pop-Tarts better, we're going to make, we're going to make the Coke taste better. Like, these are all like things like I could probably <laughs> think like, I'd, I'd be like, okay, the guy's a fascist, but he might be able to pull this off. Oh, wow. like, We'll have don't death give DeSantis camps. any ideas. Yeah. Like, like, we'll have death camps, but Pop Tart is <laughs> going to be awesome again. Like it's like I I know you can't fix anything for real in the world, but can you get more Philly in the Pop Tart? <laughs> like that's where we are. Like I, look, 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 I, we'll never solve all those problems in the Middle East, but like 
can you put more Cheetos in the bag? <laughs> like, <laughs> and the first person who's like, yeah, hey, there's too much air in there. There needs to be more Cheetos in there. I'm going to make sure that gets done. You're like, yeah, you know what? Like, at least he's got his priorities right. <laughs> like, day and night, I'm working on the Cheeto problem, the Pop-Tart problem, everything, everything. Finally, someone will pay attention to my, it should, the Frosty should go all the way to the edge. I still don't know how that's not. It has to, we have to have the technology. It has to be there. I had uh, I had ChatGPT help me put together some fun facts for our bowl games. I was shocked by how little I needed to edit, what I needed to move around. If if we have uh, if we're close to Skynet, how come we cannot get the frosting all the way to the edge before <laughs> World War Three? I'd like I'd to see just it. playing devil's advocate. You know, not trying to be a, a super Kellogg's honk or anything, but. My guess is that they can't go all the way to the sides, all the way around, because you have to have somewhere to kind of pick them up and take them. Like, especially once they've been in the toaster, you have to have like the the pastry portion Uh, where you can actually grab it. Because if like frosting was on there, then that would kind of get melty. And now you're grabbing like hot, you know, frosting and you could burn yourself. It could be it. It's a whole problem. You know what it's like? It's like uh, like when you're a kid and you're thinking like, I wish the whole thing was marshmallows. And then you, you eat it and you're like, this is too much marshmallow. <laughs> this, this is why this doesn't happen. This is why isn't why they're like, hey, you know what? Lucky Charms, get rid of all that other shit anyway. It's all marshmallows. Sounds like the greatest idea of all time until you're sitting there eating a bowl of marshmallows with milk. And then you're like, God, this is like <laughs> pure sugar. <laughs> my teeth hurt. <laughs> yeah. My teeth, my chest hurts. What's wrong? <laughs> Yeah, it's just yeah, and you're right. There probably is some issues about picking up flaming hot liquid <laughs> uh, <laughs> frosting. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> but you could if you we have the technology to do it. Doesn't mean it's safe for people, the end user. But I'm just saying we have the technology to do it. Let's do it. Let's just oh, oh, so let's let's split the difference. Okay, we'll we'll go all the way to the edge on one side. We'll leave like the one like the top portion of just where it's pastries where you can pick it up. So like you you know that there's a legitimate top and a bottom. Like this is the side that goes like in the toaster, you know, top up so that you grab it from this side when they're done. So you hey. still get more frosting. But you still kind of like play it safe. So. I need the full thing, like 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 Oppenheimer. Like the the, the theory will only take you so far. We have to do this. <laughs> I, I don't know if it'll end doom for society, but we have to take this next step. Like we have to. We, we just got to. Like it's probably not safe. Someone's going to burn their hands. It's going to be a tragedy. Like one little tear. Hopefully, get someone like Florence Pugh there. The, the, the commie mommy. Like you know what I'm saying. Like hopefully we get that. But we have to do this. We have to take the Oppenheimer step. That we have to create this pop tart. Kellogg's, get on it, please, please, for the love of God. I will get to have us as brand ambassadors, you cowards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's wrong with you guys? Could have helped you. We have all these great ideas. We could be helping you, but you you refuse the help. You refuse the help. Well, I'll get to my last toggle here, and I hate to admit it, but I got to give these guys a shout out. There is one show that covers sports that is completely bizarre, but brings out the best in athletes. Forget the Manning cast, where two old lame white guys pretend like they're hip hop. That's like Yo MTV raps past post ninety six. This is one oh six in Park on BET. This ain't. A punter in a singlet staring at his co-host with a very homoerotic look in his eyes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't go on video with Jared for a reason, by the way. But the show in question 
<laughs> is the Nightcap Show with Shannon Sharp and Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. Now, Shannon is a fucking in real life shit poster. He's a fucking shitlord, a troll. He's trolled the Lakers. He's known for it. He's basically a 4chaner. Uh, but he buttons it all down to be this weird version of a talking head personality when he does a show. But Ocho Cinco brings out the absolute worst in him. It's like when Jared asks me about women or when Eric asks me about politics, it's like giving a heroin addict a fingertip full of Oxycontin. They cannot control themselves. Anyway, this show is crazy as fuck. And when they bring in guests, they usually go, the guests go full native. And this prior episode of, uh, of this prior episode with uh, college football, Donald Trump, Mr. Primetime, me on Dean Sanders was no exception. Now I call this taco the, I like my women. Like I like my pressurized environments, gasless taco and i'm giving it to the must be the money singer Dion sanders now i don't know if you know this about Dion sanders but he is now single and ready to mingle he is actively seeking a new opportunity in the transfer portal of love but there are many pet peeves that prime will just not tolerate and i want to stop here and say i co-sign all this Dion is right about this so on the so on the show the conversation went from pet peeves to the jets loss and then Dion complained that Ocho was eating a donut live on camera. Yes, that just regularly happens on this show. Ocho Cinco was eating a donut, his mouth wide open as he chewed. Sanders called him out for it. He doesn't like when people eat with their mouth open, especially the smacking sound is something that drives him in Spain, especially when women do it. Now, Shannon, of course, like I said, being a fucking shitlord that can't control his impulses, decided to push the conversation forward, saying that it would depend on the height, curves, and hair of the woman chewing in question. But Sanders refused. He wanted to triple down and broke out this. So let me give you this 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 whole section from this this, this Algonquin roundtable type conversation between Dion Sanders, Shannon Sharp, and Ocho Cinco. Oh, you get hello. So oh, is he, okay, y'all like to deal. She all oh, time, you know. I'm talking about she like five seven five eight. You know, nice complexion, mm. uh, hair down to her yeah. shoulder. Her hair. She didn't buy it. It didn't come from India or out of horse tail. And you know, she like, Ooh. y'all need to stop now. And you first of all stop talking like that because you know I'm in the portal. But go ahead. Let's keep going. <laughs> but go ahead. We all get that later. But go ahead, Shannon. <laughs> hey, but you say he in the, he in the, he in the portal. <laughs> but go ahead. Go ahead. You know they'll put me in the portal. But go ahead, Shannon. <laughs> that man's sick. <laughs> that man's talking about he in the portal. They put me in the portal. I ain't just get in there, but go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Dion Sanders is in the dating portal, the portal of love, as it were. And I love what Dion said. He said he talked later about uh, whether or not what would be the deal breaker. But Dion Sanders says he does not like a woman who farts. He said, quote, quote, this is Dion Sanders now. And again, I did say earlier, I'm co-signing this. But again, this is Dion Sanders. This is not me. Dion Sanders said, quote, you better hold it. I don't care if your stomach's busted. You better hold that thing. Hold that thing and walk off with it. End quote. Dion doesn't want to hear you chew. He sure as shit doesn't want to hear you bust ass. Walk off with that shit per Dion. To his credit, Ocho took a weird stand later in the conversation on behalf of the women who fart and the men who are attracted to them. But Shannon and Dion weren't having it at all. In fact, Prime stated Ocho came from quote unquote nasty because he had once hurt his mother past gas. It really is a wonderful show. It's the real barbershop show that LeBron could ever put together. Now, I can't guarantee this taco will ensure gaslessness, but I can award this on a platinum platter to the Colorado head coach, Neon Dion, for exhibiting one of the core values of this show. What do I always say? Be ungovernable, be kind. But what's in the middle there? 
be uncompromising. If you cannot tolerate her delting it and you smelting it, then you must set your boundaries. <laughs> Enjoy this taco prime. <laughs> Dion Sanders is out there on Tinder swiping and, and on his profile page, it says he doesn't like chicks who fart. Fair or a little weird? It's a little weird. I mean, I'm kind of with him on the whole like mouth noises and smacking thing. That drives me nuts. Like even when the dogs do it, like they're just they're cleaning themselves. Like it's a completely natural kind of thing. But I'm just sitting there trying to watch TV and just the mouth noises start going on. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? I'm, I'm about to go. I'm about to go nuclear. But wait, so I mean, like, if he's saying like, if, I don't care if you're at, if your stomach's busting, walk away. Why doesn't he walk away? Oh, oh, wait, never mind. No, no, no. <laughs> Does he get money if he walks away? Or if, if she was a HBCU, <laughs> he was trying to get to some Division One money, then maybe he'd walk away. But yes, she would have to walk away. Uh, Ocho Cinco is an all timer on the show. Ocho Cinco constantly drives the show off the rails. Uh, Ocho Cinco, uh, to his credit though, he, he, he was the, uh, I think he's the uh, resident feminist of the, the Shannon Sharp show <laughs> as he, he, he brought up the point that women should be able to fart wherever they want. And that was completely, uh, uh, turned him into persona non grata during this conversation. Shannon and Dion were having none of it. There, there will be no wind being passed. In Shannon in Dion's world, uh, it, it really is a wonderful show. I, I cannot recommend it enough. When Ocho Cinco's on, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the guy's name is Shannon, <laughs> and he's gonna and he's gonna try to talk shit and be a misogynist. Like how? Oh, he's how, like how much shit must he he got me in his uh, in his life. People talk about like uh like people always like try to fit like Jordan Peterson's like an asshole. Like he, he's like they're like, oh, he's like head massage. No, no, no way. Like not even close. Like Shannon Sharp, if you if you listen to this show, like he has whole rants about like uh what is expected based on the dinners that you buy. I mean, he's he's true red pill. Like like <laughs> there's gonna be at some point during this show, during their nightcap show, he's gonna mention men going their own way or one of these words is gonna be like and it's gonna be like, yep, everything fit into place. This is the kind of guy who would work with Skip Bayless <laughs> and not be able to put up with his personality, uh, would would try to troll the the Lakers into a fight as a fan. <laughs> like we're getting there. Like Shannon Sharp is uh He's broken away from Skip Bayless, and God bless him for that. Who who doesn't wish anybody well who had to serve time with with Skip Bayless? But yeah, he's kind of a monster in his own right. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, like it's a a natural bodily function. He can't help it. So <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree. I, I no, no, no. I no, I totally agree. But like, I, <laughs> I don't mind that. I, you see, I don't even like in actual. I don't care about the chewing. Like, that, like I could totally not notice that. I, I'm totally oblivious to that. <laughs> I could the farting. That's fine. It, I mean, not all the time. Not like a like a like an old school like someone who was going to be on like the Howard Stern show. So I'm like, 
lay on the ground and put their butt up in the air, like play you a song or anything. Like that's too much. But like sometimes it happens. Like I get that. Like, but I'm imagining the extreme edition. I think Dion Sanders and, and Shannon Sharp are just thinking about like, how dare you do anything wrong in my presence? Kind of weird. Like I bought this lobster. We're gonna fuck. Like it's this weird. <laughs> it's a very weird area they're getting into, and, and, and he's plowing headlong, headlong into it. I'm not surprised. So that was Taco Thursday, our version <laughs> of weekly award show where we the winners receive the tastiest awards anyone can get a taco. Uh, congrats to all our winners, and uh, let's do some cheap plugs. And this one is great because I do not have to read it. Yep, today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu. Shib Shiba Inu token is the most <laughs> exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular cryptocurrency, surpassing Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. You can buy hashtag SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges like Mark's favorite Coinbase. But the best place to find more info is by following at ShibToken on X. There you find the links to the Discord, subreddit, Telegram, and everywhere else to find more info on Shiba Inu. Do you want to become a bold sponsor to create your own beautiful trophy? Well, start investing in crypto, become a SHIB millionaire, and use those diamond paws to show off that sweet bold swag. SHIB to the moon! This is great. We've been we've been out for a little while. We missed last week of uh, Bowls Bowl Week Two, but Bowl Week Three. I didn't get to bring this in Bowl Week One. We actually have fun facts on every single bowl. We got twelve of them, so I know we don't have a lot of stuff to cover. But let's go through these bowl games one by one here and give you our predictions. Now we've already made our predictions. We're already scoring that. We're going to get that at the end, but uh, we'll we'll break down these games for you. We're going to start off Friday night, or actually Friday midday. We're starting with the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Uh, And the fun fact about the the Gator Bowl is that it was the first college football game, or first college bowl game, to be televised nationally way back in 1953. The game was between Maryland and the University of Tennessee, and it paved the way for the tradition of broadcasting bowl games to the audiences across the country. So not only was it the first bowl game on TV, it was the first bowl game presented as a national product. Uh, that, That honor and distinction goes to the Gator Bowl. And this year's Gator Bowl. Yeah, that's really cool. The first televised, it's kind of sad that it's the Gator Bowl, but I mean, hey, someone had to be the first one to throw it on TV, right? So this year, have a great matchup. Number 22, Clemson, uh, the Clemson Tigers uh, versus the Kentucky Wildcats. Dabo is 11 and 8 overall in bowl games. Mark Stoops is 4 and 3. And I guess that must have been the stumbling block to the Texas AM job. Not the history of shit coaching performances. Anywho, Wildcats have literally more players than Clemson. Tigers have been brutalized by the portal departures. They killed it in high school recruiting, but are coming out a little light in the portal. Vegas still loves the talent disparity here. Has the Tigers by four points here. I think the Wildcats could get them if they get on them early. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Eric? Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't bet against Dabo here. I mean, I like the chance for him to have like the the funeral where everyone was burying him, and also the redemption within the same season. Like that's yes. a, a tangential relate, a connection to Jesus. That's all Dabo needs <laughs> is motivation. Like, uh, I mean, they're winning this game if Dabo himself has to put on pads. Like, he, he wants that that Jesus connection for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he, well, losing would make him quite the martyr of the ball season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that, that might be that might be a, something to keep. No, no, Clemson is just so much better. Even though they have so many departures, even their backups are better than Kentucky. Kentucky, great year. 
Yeah, nothing, you know, finally bowl eligible for what back to back years. It's actually been a couple of years. They've been, they'd been eligible seven and five weren't quite of the surprise team that they were last, uh, last year, but got to go to Florida. I feel like Clemson is going to travel better. It's already mm-hmm. basketball season for most Kentucky fans. Like they've already moved on. This is literally an exhibition game for them. I think Clemson does have something to prove. I have the Tigers in this one as well. Yeah. Sure. What do you think about the four points? I think that's like, I, I like that. I'm glad it's not seven. I, I think that's doable. Four points for Clemson. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know. I, I could see them covering that fairly easily, but I mean, I guess it's there for a reason. Vegas must know what they're talking about. So uh, They're the ones with all the buildings. Like somebody <laughs> must know. That's why every time I'm like, I'm like, this seems, I'm like, I was like, I gosh, I wish it was three. If it was three, I'd like that better. But yeah, four, that seems like they're messing with me. Uh, <laughs> let's move on though. Tony, the tiger sun bowl. This is a great one. Cause this one covers one of our teams, the sun bowl. The fun fact here is the sun bowl holds the distinction of being the second oldest bowl game in the United States, right after the Rose bowl. And the sun bowl has a unique tradition of the winner of the game receives a trophy featuring a golden sun on a pedestal, a distinctive and memorable prize that represents the game's name and location in sunny El Paso, Texas. Now I'm sure as classy as that trophy is, I'm sure you would rather have a pop tart bowl trophy with the, even would, with the slots yes. that don't heat up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very much so. And this is the UVA Doug special here. He's pulling for the number 19 Oregon State Beavers. So number 19 Oregon State Beavers versus the number 16 Oregon State Fighting Irish. One team's head coach will be showered by the tasty Frosted Flakes while the other slinks off into the El Paso night. Now, overall, the uh, Notre Dame is 20 and 21 in bowls. So this would get them back to 500. Beavers just reaped all the benefits of being litigious against the other 10 teams that abandoned them. And they had a season that came off the rails in the Civil War when their coach literally pieced out on them right before the rivalry game. Now, emotionally, the Beavers have to be spent. But then again, Notre Dame is back here looking for an offensive coordinator. Third one in third year and three years. I, I got to ask Eric. So just let's get to the offensive coordinator thing first. Like having to go back to the well, find another offensive coordinator, brand new quarterback. Is this annoying to you as a fan or is this just the new reality? This is how it's going to be. No, I think they finally got it right. I mean, I think all of us in Notre Dame fandom were just hoping that we got an upgrade from Jared Parker, but we're just kind of resigned to the fact that we that he was going to be sticking around. And then uh, even more reason to be a fan of Troy and be thankful for them. Like they took him off uh, off our hands to make him their head coach. And so uh, in come, Marcus makes a call to uh, Mike Denbrock, gets him back, poaches him from LSU, the guy that just led, you know, the – the the nation in scoring just uh, tutored the guy that won the Heisman Trophy. Now he's uh, back in South Bend for his third stint. So, I mean, uh, but that's it's Brian, cool. that's- another Brian Kelly disciple. Like any any longing for any someone who wasn't affiliated with that program at some point. Like I know everyone seems to have this. Like they go away and they come back eventually. Like even some of the recruits have come back to shut their career. Yeah, but, but any yeah, desire to be like. Why not go get the guy from Nevada or from UNLV? Like, well, why not go get someone who's going to install something new? It just seems like they're it's, it kind of. I'm hoping this guy is like a younger version of Brian Kelly, but this is again pumping at the, at the same water table. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it, and I'm surprised kind of that uh, that he did leave Kelly because he was kind of so tied with him. Like, I mean, he left with Kelly to go there in the first place, so we kind of feel like, okay, that that's where his loyalty lied. So, But, I mean, he also has uh, a past with Marcus Freeman as well. They were at Cincinnati at the same time, and um, 
So uh, I think this is going to be good. I mean, I, I don't know if this is just another kind of stepping stone because Denbrock himself wants to, a head coaching gig. And so he figures, Hey, it worked for Jared Parker, like with not a lot of success to go to kind of like a, a mid-major. So maybe Denbrock's thinking, okay, he has one good year. Uh, maybe he could parlay this into a, a head coach gig himself and kind of get out of that uh, coordinator role. But I mean, all we need is one good year. So with the 12 team playoff coming, um, it's, uh, a dual threat quarterback like Jaden Daniels uh, and Riley Leonard, you know, that he's kind of used to to working with. So maybe hopefully it means good things. Let's see. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm still kind of split on that. I, well, let's get it to this game here. So 19 uh, number 19, Oregon State. Uh, facing the, the the Irish, I know there's been a uh, there has been a lot of turnover there with the with the Beavers, especially at the skill position. Uh, they were definitely kind of fell apart there at the end. How do you like your How do you like the the Irish's chances in this game? Are you feeling like you're getting a, a Beaver team that's a little bit beat up, a little bit black and blue after losing their coach, lo- losing some key players in the transfer portal, or do you feel like this team is going to be hungry, looking to try to to capitalize, uh, to try to get some momentum going into next year? Yeah, I don't know. I mean ostensibly that's what you kind of think that they would be doing, but I, I just feel like they're just so kind of behind the eight ball and they've just lost everything. What else do they have? They're down to the third string quarterback. And I mean, they're primarily a running team anyway, but now it's just like they pretty much have to run the football with this guy because he can't throw worth the shit. And so, I mean, Notre Dame has lost a, a lot of pieces as well, but I mean, they've lost even more plus all their coaching staff and ladies. Uh, and I've got to believe that, Sorry. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I got to think that Notre Dame has more talent, especially on defense. And so, you know, I'm not even being blinded by bias here. I think that I'm. it's a pretty comfortable Irish win, So, which means buckle up because it's probably going to be a lot closer than it has any right to be. So they got to like they have to get a solid a solid win here in my mind just a one i love the practices that they got like if i think this benefits anybody it's notre dame going into next year a lot of guys are going to be fighting for key positions anytime you get the more practice great thing oregon state like when you do not have your head coach you're almost rudderless those extra practices are just basically a slog not any way to develop any kind of like talent there's nobody really there to kind of drive the program. It's, it's you're almost like in a holding pattern. And that's what I'd be worried about. I'd be worried about that game of, of Oregon State coming out flat, that offense still being pretty good, them being able to match up pretty well with the Beavs. Uh, Vegas has them favored by six. This has kind of gone up the past uh, couple of days. It went from four, four and a half to five. Now it's kind of settling at six. I think uh, betters definitely think Notre Dame is the, is the better bet here. Six kind of scares me. I still think Notre Dame takes care of business. I, but to your point, this is a kind of team that historically has kind of played down to their, their competition in games. This year, early in the year, there were games where they totally outclassed their opponents, put together some complete games. But this... I could easily see them struggling in this one. I definitely have the Irish coming in there, but I think it's going to be closer than, than anyone expects. Well, I, I mean, Angeli, I mean, for all the the issues that kind of Hartman had, I, I firmly believe that that was, you know, trouble with going from the slow mesh at Wake Forest to a new style of offense. And also just Jared Parker's like not great play calling still better than Tommy Reese in my opinion, but <laughs> still not great. Uh, so I think the issues were more there and jelly definitely doesn't have the arm that Hartman has. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect that 
They're going to be throwing the ball all over the place. Audric Estime is not going to be playing. The majority of our offensive line isn't going to be playing. But that being said, I still think that, you know, we've got more talent top to bottom. And and defense, like even if this is a low-scoring defensive affair, Notre Dame still retains the majority of our defense. Uh, we know that Oregon State is going to want to run the football, just make go Branson or whatever the hell his name is, that third stringer, beat you through the air, which they won't do, can't do. So I, I still – I feel pretty good and confident about Notre Dame. So <laughs> you'll see me yeah, chewing my my fingers down to the bone on this game, I'm sure. This is one that I think is going to be the first half is going to be all zombie football. And then by the time the second half clicks in, it's going to be like, all right, kind of worked everything out. We know who's here, who's actually going to show up and play. Let's Let's kind of figure it out. I think that's the point where Notre Dame pulls away. But I think the first half is just, I don't think Oregon, Oregon State stays in it. I just think it's zombie football for the first half because it's just really, Sun Bowl is like, when we talked about second oldest bowl, it's a respectable bowl. Pac-12 tie-in. I know the Sun Bowl was over the moon to get a team like Notre Dame when typically you're, you, you're, you end up with a, with a Big Ten t- or you end up with an ACC team. So usually you end up with like NC State or like you end up with a lesser than kind of ACC team. So this is like winning the lottery for them because you could add this to your storied history. But like just kind of doesn't matter. Like I don't even know if like since the BCS, the Sun Bowl kind of hasn't mattered. It's a, it's a second tier bowl, but it's it's on it's the threat of like this one will probably survive. Right. Like even if. The whole world changes, 12 team playoffs, bowls have to go. This is one that has enough tradition, money, kind of prestige. Location is kind of terrible, but it kind of works for them. Like this one is one that will survive. It's just the importance of it is just going to diminish and diminish as time goes on. Uh, yeah. It's rather sad because it is one of the more respectable bowl games. Yeah, it's got a cool sponsor too, Tony Tiger. I mean, it's no Pop Tarts, but I mean, it's. <laughs> Still it's still, cool. the, still in the breakfast food family. Still, <laughs> still there. Still there. It, it, it's it's a, a recognizable name. It's not like what was that? Rocco's co- Scooter's Coffee. Sorry, sorry. Rocco's <laughs> Coffee. Scooter's yeah. Coffee. Scooters. Which they're building one by my CVS, by my local oh, really? CVS that I go to. They're building. I'm, I, I I drove over when I was going over there to pick up my COVID test. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking over, like, I'm like, what are they building here? I'm like, they're building another Taco Bell over here. Cause there's already one down there. And I'm like, scooters. I'm like, oh, I know scooters copy. That's right. It's the pole game. Th- this is the one that we played the commercial for. And we were yeah. like, that's, that's a prostitution ring, right? Yeah. It sounded like a brothel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah, a front. Yeah. It's a front. I, just, just be wary. That's they're building a, a storefront, which is a literal front. So for something else, I, I believe it. <laughs> hey, look, this is Arizona down the road. There's a bikini beans. I'm not sure if you're familiar with bikini beans. This is basically a, it's no. a coffee shop where the baristas are in bikinis. <laughs> Why? Why? Checks out. Why would they do that? How would that be appealing at all? If you're getting coffee through a drive-thru, I can't answer that. <laughs> no, I can't answer that because this is America. <laughs> That's the kind of nonsense that we would do. <laughs> we'll get coffee shop, hot girls in bikini. Boom, we're going to sell a ton of coffee. Like, no one ever really thought this through. <laughs> like, hot liquid being cooked, people having <laughs> clothes. No one thought of this. No one thought of this at all. <laughs> well, they thought of it. They just didn't care. Oh, that's true. <laughs> They're like, screw it. You know what? I can't wait till one of them unionizes. I would almost be definitely not of that political bent, but I, I'd be willing to throw some money to help them get organ to get unionized. 
<laughs> a company that would put people in a bikini to serve a hot food, they deserve to have their, their workforce unionized against them. And I hope every one of their people is on like work reform or whatever that subreddit is, and they're all crying about whatever all the time. Like, that's what that company <laughs> so, deserves. So if they were to tell you that they're only going to do cold brews or lattes that, that don't have, <laughs> that aren't hot beverages, then you'd be like, okay, all right. As long as we're no, the room temperature or cold beverages, it's fine. No one's going to get burnt. I still don't, you, like, Hooters is another one. Like, I just don't get it. Like, it it never made sense to me. Like, it's, like, yeah, I understand, like, what they're thinking is. But I, I don't know how anybody, I I have to think in my heart of hearts that the guys are going there ironically, but it can't be that <laughs> multi-million dollar companies that people are going there as a gag. There's people who genuinely enjoy that. It just seems like very, like who wants to wear that outfit? I mean, yes, it's attractive. Who would want to wear that every day? It just doesn't seem right. It just, it seems really disconnected from like, isn't it bad enough that someone has to bring you food? Like I think the bare minimum you can ask is that they don't spit in it and they don't give you a hard time. But to be like, can you also wear booty shorts? It just seems like too much to ask. <laughs> I'm sure you'd be amazed. I mean, like we're, we're thinking like what female would want to subject themselves to that, but also kind of just like who would actually like do porn and get it's That's true. This is thriving fucking thing where people do like only fans that, you know, and are making good money for it. So I, I mean, I guess it, it's sad. It is what it is. It's sad. It's not as sad as the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. <laughs> it has <laughs> good the, I, the Iowa State Cyclones versus the Memphis Tiger. And the fun fact about the Liberty Bowl is during the 1968 game, Aretha Franklin, known as the Queen of Soul, gave a legendary performance singing My Country Tis of Thee before kickoff. I was trying to find it here, but it is not anywhere on YouTube or on Vine or anywhere else I can find it. Um, so let's break down the game here. Tiger's defense is terrible. Lost a few key pieces in the portal. Vegas has a Cyclones favored by 10. I think this is like the third highest uh, favored game where, where the uh, favorite is favored by more than 10 or 10 points or, or more. And they have the Cyclones. The Cyclones have freshman Rocco Beck tearing it up, posting a giant year, 2,674 yards, 20 touchdowns. This offense is humming along, 26.3 point game average. And Memphis's defense is officially ranked 90th in the country overall. I think this one is all corn, Eric. Am I wrong? Yeah, oh. I, I think I think so. I mean, I'm taking the Tigers because, but this is a game where I think that whatever that they the over is, I say take it because I don't think that either team is going to be able to stop the other one defensively. And um, like to your point, I mean, Memphis not a great uh, defense, you know, towards the the bottom half uh, in the country, but they still have a pretty decent offense. And 26.3 is not a great amount of points for Iowa State, so I, I think. Memphis is going to be able to take care of them. I, I think they have more talent across the board. So, and wow. I wouldn't expect you to pick against Memphis. I mean, I, I think I, you know, normally have a. I usually love them. them. Yeah, I, I have a soft spot for the Tigers. They, 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 that basketball team helped me out when I was in Colorado. That football team helped me out. I mean, I, I they were part of some big time parlays for me. I got it, but I love them. But that the Cyclones favored by ten and a half. I love. You're right. The, the over under is fifty seven and a half, which I think is a cincher absolute censure i love that I, I i like pairing it i i love the over 10 and a half points now it's it's kind of blown up at half a point since since when i when i wrote this up 
I don't know if I'm crazy about 10. I, I would I, I I love it at a I love it at six. I want to marry it at seven and a half. At 10 for the cyclones to cover, you're talking? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the cyclones win. I just for the cyclones well, I, to cover 10 and a half is just too much for me. Well, yeah, I mean, especially for taking so if you take the over and then you take the Tigers to cover, they can lose by less than 10 and a half and you still win the bet. So I think that's the safe way to go because then they could either win outright on the money line or you just take them to cover that spread, which you got to figure that they're going to cover 10 and a half, especially as it keeps growing. So that's what I would do. I'd say take the Tigers to with the points and the over. Yeah, you're kind of talking me into it. I think Memphis with those points, with 10 and a half points, I like that. This is a 130 game. Uh, uh, Liberty Bowl, where is it? There, it seems like all these bowl games are in, in Alabama for some reason. This one is in, oh, Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, I like that. I, I like It's there. It's their home team. I mean, it's not their home team, but I mean, Memphis, the Tigers should feel at home there. This is their state. Yeah, for sure. They should Iowa have state. You know, more fans there, for sure. <laughs> Hopefully they have enough bush light on on hand for the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if a Memphis if Memphis fans don't travel in Memphis, then <laughs> there's something very wrong. <laughs> it's something very wrong. Uh, let's get to the uh, last game of Friday. This is a great one for a Friday, um, especially for a Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. And here's your fun fact about the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl was the location of a famous concert by the Beatles. On September 18, 1964, during their first tour of the United States, the Beatles performed at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. This concert was significant as it marked the first time a major outdoor stadium was used for a rock concert. So quite a history for the Cotton Bowl itself. And what a game they have this year. Number seven, Ohio State Buckeyes versus the number nine, Missouri Tigers. Now, Mizzou turned out to be America's sweetheart, SEC team, head coach with a terrible personality, only two losses. They were to bowl eligible teams. Mizzou man has stated this is a once in a generation type team. Offense gets all the pub with Brady Cook lighting it up and former Sooner uh, T.O. White Weiss putting up respectable numbers. But the D is the real story to me. Ranked 42nd in the country with some outstanding NFL caliber talent. This might be a more talented team defensively, but of course, Ohio State is Ohio State. Has more five-star talent. Uh, <laughs> I put has more five-star talent than backstage at a weekend concert, which is very <laughs> Shannon Sharp. And, you know, <laughs> they have, they've averaged 32.8 points a game, but no McCord. Uh, who's definitely not bitter. Uh, <laughs> allegedly, MJ, MHJ is, is took the trip, will practice, but might not start. Hell, even Travion Henderson isn't sure if he's going to show up. In a world of bowl opt-outs, this is a case, if we if we remove the Florida State one that we're going to get to later, this would be the most disappointing one, right? Like, Ohio State is definitely not at full strength, but somehow <laughs> Ohio State's a three-point favorite, and that doesn't seem like it's it's incorrect. Yeah, I, I don't believe that at all. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what they're thinking. They're just going off of brand recognition, I guess, and just like what history? What was they seeing something on College Football Reddit that Ohio State is the only team that's never had an eight loss season, like in their history? Like, I, I don't know how that's even possible. <laughs> like, yeah, every team goes through a, a bad spat of, but I mean, I, apparently Ohio State hasn't done it. So, I, I guess Vegas must just be going off of. Uh, brand recognition i don't know they haven't watched the missouri tigers that we've watched i think so I, they're they're like me and they're, they're the fact that they're they're on three subscribers 
and they're uh, and they're obsessed with the star ratings. It was like <laughs> one of the first thing I looked at when we use games. I look at the Vegas line, uh, the initial line. I, I love the initial line, and then I like I go okay. Well, especially when I we go Big Ten uh, versus the SEC. Yes, SEC is usually better. There's more talent. Unfortunately, when it comes to the Big Ten, there's like we all know there's two schools that like that are cut above everyone else by like a, a country mile, Ohio state, Michigan. When you look at their talent index scores, it's unbelievable. So you would think with the opt-outs, and I think this is what Vegas is thinking if, for their defense is like, if you, if, even with the opt-outs, you look at the talent they have on their roster, probably a lot more talent than Missouri. Missouri is definitely going to be in the driver's seat next year and going forward. I disagree with uh, Mizumi. I think this is going to be a team that's going to be, if anything, I think they're going to be more dangerous as 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 those teams fold into the SEC next year and years to come. As long as they can keep that head coach, they have a great recruiting pipeline in Missouri. They have that weird law that where they can kind of offer NIL money to high schoolers. There, Drinkowitz yeah. is one of the few guys who was kind of not only did really great in high school recruiting, but also did really good in the portal. There's a great collective behind him there in that particular program. They're never going to outbid anybody, but they're going to be right there on the money for. Four and star, four star guys, three star guys, high three and a half star guys who are right there who just want a little bit of extra cash. Missouri is going to be a nice landing spot for them, but I don't think it carries them in this game. I think there's just the talent disparity here should tip SEC, but Ohio State just has got too many players at too without many. a quarterback and without a running back and without their leading receiver. I don't <laughs> know, man. Like three yards in a cloud of dust, <laughs> and you're talking yeah. about. Well, but okay, but Missouri, we're talking about, has a really good defense as well. So, I mean, like you, you stack the box, you take that away from him, and you make a, a guy that's not used to throwing the ball, throw the ball, and who does he throw it to? I mean, they've all, it's Ohio State. Of course, they've got capable receivers all across that roster there. But I mean, if you're talking about talent and on three, like specs or whatever, what was Texas A&M? They had the highest rated <laughs> recruits in history. And look what happened with them. They, didn't they finish under 500? So it's just like that talent really doesn't mean shit if you can't coach him. And Ryan Day, there's a lot of speculation about Ryan Day as a coach. So I don't know. I was going to be trending more towards Mizzou, even if Ohio State was at full strength. But now, especially in, in light of those opt-outs, I think that this is all Mizzou. I mean, they have just more to play for. Like Ohio State just like whining and pouting that they didn't get in the playoffs. They don't care at all about this game. But the Tigers... They sure as hell do. They got a chance at an 11-win season with a victory over a top 10, high-caliber Big Ten team. They're going to be all about this game. I think this is all Mizzou. Ooh, okay. I, I I don't disagree with you. I definitely don't like the uh, Ohio State favored by three. I think it's going to be – this could be very, very close. I think Ohio State carries it at the end of the day. You shorten this down. I, the over under is forty eight and a half. I think you go. I think it's you're under. I have a low scoring game in this one. If Ohio State's going to win this one, they're going to have to keep it very, very low scoring. Play hard nosed defense. Rely on turnovers. You got to basically like play a Hawkeye kind of style football. Get just <laughs> enough offense to put some points on the board, but you got to play lights out defense, and you got to rely on those defensive backs, those linebackers, and that that line getting breaking in there, getting in there early. That's something I I, I don't think. Uh, uh, Missouri during that during those two losses that's when they faced a really really good pass rush I think I think Ohio State brings that I think that's the that's the determining factor there but you're right like where do they get the points from I'm not really sure like (laughs) I just know and this is the problem with being like an on three recruiting star nutter is like 
you believe in something really, really French. And you're right. Everyone throws the Texas A&M thing right in your face. (laughs) It's like, if you really believe that the government would like purposely orchestrated every level of 9-11, you could literally point to the Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas. You'd be like, see, they couldn't figure anything out. These these people are going to work all that out. Hell no. No, look at them. They can barely get this right. This is a disaster. Well, it was later. It was was, like five, six years later. They had some time Uh, to figure it out. They had everything resolved by then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You go look at these clans. You're telling me that they masterminded anything? Come on. No, I, I'm going Ohio State in this one, but I, I, I love all your points. Uh, like we always say on the show, I, I, I agree with all your points. You've made good <laughs> <Still> points. <wrong. laughs> I want to go with you. I'm going to go the other way. <laughs> Everything you've said is correct. <laughs> but and, and yeah, there's something about recruiting and brand. You go, Ohio State, yes, of course Ohio State's going to win. Cotton Bowl, ooh, yeah, that's probably a, a, a better kind of position for Missouri, but Ohio state travels, Ohio state will travel. There is no doubt. There's going to be more Ohio state fans than there are Missouri Tigers fans. This is going to be like a home game for them because it's a home game wherever they play when they play away. Uh, I got you, Mizzou, man. I'm on your side. Yeah. All right. Mizzou, Maybe I'll come over more to my camp now. Yeah. I mean, Hey, Mizzou, <laughs> he's, he's what I've been a stand for Missouri all year long. And now here they are in this ball game where they have a real chance to win. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to Ohio state. <laughs> look at, look at all the five-star recruit. <laughs> You're essentially Sorry. rooting for cancer, Mark. That's what yeah, I, I kind of am. <laughs> I, I, what, what I have is I have a, uh, I have a picture I have a screenshot from from on three, and I'm 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 just saying. <sighs> oh my gosh! Come on, how can we celebrate Creedmas without? <laughs> oh, I know why it's not playing. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I knew you were going there, <laughs> even though I stepped on my own joke. You're like, all right, make your creed joke. It's you know it is Creedmus. It is Creedmus. That's that was a real thing on TikTok where people would listen to Creed while they wore their Santa hats. Well, that, that's themselves. Nickelback. That's oh Nickelback. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm messing up my shitty pants. <laughs> you, I, I guess I guess Nickelback would be more of a they're Canadians, so would be more of a Boxing Day kind of. <laughs> <laughs> they do that, right? The Canadians do way Boxing to, Day. Way to re- yes, they do. Way to redeem yourself. <laughs> I knew reading about that one time (laughs) (laughs) and it's paid all the dividends. So let's go to Saturday, 12 PM noon on Saturday. Now we're getting into the, um, the really, really important bowls, the Chick-fil-A peach bowl, number 10 Penn state Nittany lions versus the number 11 Ole Miss uh, rebels. And just as surely as day turns tonight, as night turns today, Again and again, I will ask the similar question that orbits both of these programs. Why aren't either of these schools better? They literally have every advantage in college football. And here we are slogging it out on a Saturday afternoon in a mid-bowl for a pair of mid-teams with perpetual mid-expectations. The mid-bowl presented by TikTok. Anywho, I guess the silver <laughs> lining here, if, you want to, if you're looking for it, is the hype that Penn State has only lost to Michigan and Ohio State which I guess is impressive. Old Miss has only lost to Georgia and Bama. So this is a nice Big Ten versus SEC. I think a way better litmus test than 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 Ohio State and Missouri because of all the opt-outs. Kiffin and Franklin couldn't be more polar opposite. So we know we're going to get some good tea before the game. 
I'm talking myself into liking this ball right now. <laughs> Ole Miss <laughs> offense, 34.8 points per game. Penn State has been averaging 37.2. Vegas has got a crazy over under 48.5. I think that's censure. A lot of points yeah. scored in this one. Ole Miss has got the whole SEC talent. Eric, I'm sorry. I constantly put you in this position. <laughs> Tell me why. I look at Ole Miss. I look at Kiffin. I love all those things. Tell me why I should be taking Penn State more seriously. Why you should be taking Penn State yeah. more seriously? No, you shouldn't. I but shouldn't I, at all. Okay, yeah, perfect. I, I, I don't know what possessed you to take Franklin over the lane train. Like, I think you might have to actually turn in your SEC show card. Like, <laughs> it's going to be revoked because, like you said it during that intro, Penn State lost the two teams it played that had a pulse. Like, they're not competing with SEC talent here. I mean, I've got... The Rebs, I don't even particularly think that it's going to be close. I think Lane is always wanting an opportunity to show somebody up, and especially if it's a a team that – because you're not the only one that thinks highly of Penn State. I think a lot of people in the college football world will look at Penn State and be like, oh, yeah, they only have two losses, and it was to Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, that's the same two teams they lose to every year. <laughs> They're kicking the shit out of everybody else, but they lose to the two teams that – Maybe they'll think it's Rutgers across from them and they'll play good. Maybe they'll, they'll blow up for some points and they'll think like, oh, hey, look, like that red kind of looks like Rutgers or Maryland. Like, I think we can beat these guys. <laughs> like, yeah, not a chance. Like Franklin, I don't I don't have a high opinion of him as a coach. Uh, their defense was always good because they had Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz is gone. He went to Duke. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know what Penn State does to – kind of hang in this game. I've got, this is all lane train, I think. Oh man. I, I kind of wish, I hope it is lane train. I I'm going with my, I, I'm going with my initial thought here. I picked Penn state. Cause I think I, I, in my mind, Franklin needed to win more. They haven't really been devastated by too many opt outs. Often, every time I look back at these big 10 teams, I, it's always difficult, especially with these cut above ones. Like I think when you look at like Iowa, you go clearly like they, they don't have talent to even match like a mid SEC team, but like Penn state, there's a lot of recruiting out there. Franklin has won games before uh, Lane Kiffin is known to step all over themselves with his play calling, which I like. I mean, those are all things I like about Lane Kiffin, but this could easily be one where, where Franklin could, could hold control. Penn state's favored by four and a half. I like that that line has actually grown. I think Franklin needs this win more than Kiffin does. I think for Kiffin, this year is already a success. Like anything else is just the cherry on top. Franklin, I feel like needs some some good pub going into next year. From what I understand, and this is like the kiss of death. This is like the NFL or when we get ready for the NBA draft, he's in the best shape of his life. Like when you hear about the when you hear about the the practices for Penn State, somebody like you, you keep hearing stuff like. Uh, on message boards, these are the best practices they've had all year long. The offense has never looked better. Everything's clicking. Uh, this team is going to have a bunch of momentum going into next year. They're, they're going to be going into spring ball with an offense that's one of the better offenses in the country. I, I read clippings like that. I look at the recruiting scores. They're comparable, but I, I love press clippings like that. It's it's that pumps me up when when you're getting the most out of those those bowl practices. James Franklin wins games. I mean, not important games, but he does win games. And the Peach Bowl is a game, so I'm I'm going to go with the well, New Lions in this one. But you just made the argument yourself that it, this is like where the games start to matter. So this would mean that it's an important game, which you just said that he doesn't win. So, <laughs> but it's de facto, I'm going he, with the. 
he doesn't have to play against Ohio State. He doesn't have to play against Michigan. So, like, um, they did True. have that. He's 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 had a good win before. This guy has had a good win over an SEC school that had a lot of talent before. So he's proven that he can kind of like close the gap there. What it was it was another it was another game that really, but that was another one that really didn't matter. Maybe I'm kind of talking myself out of this. No, I'm going to stick with Penn State. <laughs> what you mean? He has a win over an SEC school when he was at Vanderbilt. Is that what you're talking about? No, he, he didn't. The Penn State beat Auburn last year. When Auburn was in their death spiral, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when Harson was all but fired, yeah, they were. Penn State was on top of that. Yeah, I, I like Penn State in this one. I, I don't know why. I'm I'm very pro Big Ten team, allegedly. <laughs> well, I mean, now that the pack is no more, you have to kind of jump to the conference that's your bread and butter, right? So, I mean, I, that's. I guess that's the Big Ten now. So. Yeah, I guess there are my conference mates. It, it, what's funny was I was at the Guaranteed Rate Bowl last night, and we were talking to a, a me and Gump went, uh, and we were sitting, we were on the train, like hanging out with a bunch of Kansas uh, fans. There were way more Kansas fans than UNLV fans. In fact, the places packed with Kansas fans. We actually sat in the, uh, I was in the press box, and then I came back down, hung out with him, and we was hanging out in the uh, end zone, the Kansas end zone, and. Uh, but they, of course, were talking about how excited they were to be in the same conference for basketball, about how great that's going to be. And I'm like, yeah, no, I root for the Sun. You don't have to worry about us. Like, just, I was like, we'll bring Bobby Hurley. We'll be a little bit of a freak show. But no, you don't have to worry about us. We'll just, we'll just hang out. We're cool. But yeah, we were, we were kind of talking about the football conference, how different the Big 12 is going to be next year. And, and like, I, I think, although I, I root for Oregon. I feel no spiritual connection to the Big Ten. I'm picking these two Big Ten teams, Penn State and uh, um, uh, who was the last one, and Ohio State. It's just I like the fact that they're the favorites. I like the, the read between the lines. But as far as spiritual, where I'm connected to a conference now that the Pac-12 is dead, I like the Big 12. It's like a complete weirdo freak show. Like, <laughs> yes, you like the, the truck stop conference. Yeah, so. the, the truck stop <laughs> conference is it's completely trashy. Very trucker speed. They're already talking about like they already have. They're already like, oh yeah, they're the first thing that they're going to work on is like NFTs. Like <laughs> they have Nelly at the, at the halftime show. There's just so there's a weird aesthetic going on there. Like they're they're already talking about the basketball games and how the the, the Big Twelve you know tournaments they're going to hold and uh you know in the first part of the season and like. The new Big 12 is going to rely on Vegas a lot, even though there's no team in Vegas. It's very, very Hasn't West Virginia only been a part of the Big 12 for like a season? And they're all like West Virginia is already West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Got, I, got it messed up already. I love the kinship to them. They're kind of weird. <laughs> I don't I don't know who's ASU's uh, polar opposite yet, but I, I feel like West Virginia might be on the running because they are definitely weird. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, let's get to the Music City Bowl, Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Oh, the fun fact on the Peach Bowl was, game was actually created as a fundraiser by a group of local Atlanta businessmen in 1968. They wanted to generate revenue to support the construction of a new stadium, which the stadium became the Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Uh, of course, famous baseball stadium. Uh, originally, the name that they wanted to name it was the Peach Bowl, and that's why the Peach Bowl even existed was to raise money to build a stadium. Hmm. How quaint. Now you could just get the taxpayers. You don't even need to host a ball game. Right. 
Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Let me give you the fun fact first. The Music City Bowl held annually in Nashville. It not only celebrates football, but also embraces the city's musical heritage. One fun fact is each year, the participating team and their fans get to experience a unique Music City tradition, a battle of the bands competition. Both teams' marching bands perform at Broadway Street in downtown Nashville, creating a lively atmosphere and adding a musical dimension to the festivals leading up to the game. And this one, hopefully these bands are better than the teams because you're getting the Auburn Tigers and the Maryland Terrapins. And this is this is part of my write-up. I, I was feeling a certain way this afternoon, deep in the basement of ESPN, where they keep the frozen head of Stuart Scott. And what oh little, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was Jesus. like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to read that, but I fuck it, I'm going to go with it. And, <laughs> and what little dignity ESPN is located in a box next to all of its discarded toenails from its talking heads resides the ESPN <laughs> prediction computer and the computer loves Auburn. Now when Skynet is reality, the grim fact that the ESPN computer has routinely chosen Auburn over other teams this year is going to perplex us all until the final moment of disintegration. The computer has Auburn winning this game 57.89% of the time. Vegas also agrees. Tigers being favored by seven points coming into this one. Auburn only only defeated one bowl eligible team, and that bowl eligible team was California. So take that with a grain of salt. All of its six losses were to bowl uh, eligible teams. And Tonga Bailoa, the other Tonga Bailoa, is in a transfer portal kind of purgatory. He's threatening not to play in this game. If he was playing, I'd be all Terps. Maybe everyone knows something that I don't. I mean, again, you go back to SEC talent, Big Ten. This is these Big Ten SEC matchups, man. They're all over the map here. I don't remember who I picked here, but I. I, I I think I was going to go Tigers, um, but now yeah, the we, news of, we both uh, went Auburn. Yeah, but with Tonga Vailoa definitely looking like he, he doesn't even want to play, he's like trying to protect himself. I, I, I'm thinking there's no way. Like Maryland had a puncher's chance with Tonga Vailoa. Without him, I, I don't see them beating Auburn. Auburn is just too stacked. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like that was kind of my reasoning for the last game as well. Like SEC talent rules the day and. Especially over a team whose entire identity is that starting quarterback. Like aside from their really ugly, obnoxious flag, of course. Like no one <laughs> loves their state flag more than freaking Maryland does. But it, like seriously, as much as as much college football as we talk about, I do not know a single player on Maryland aside from Tygo Viola. So I I could not name another guy on that team. Like is much as it, of the games as we watch and the highlights and all the talking that we do, the, the game to guy game by game breakdowns. I don't know another guy uh, on Maryland. So I I'm going with Auburn. I think they're running away with it. See in Maryland started the, the they started off so well. They had that early season success. And then when they played Michigan, they were, they remember the whole talk about like, Oh, Maryland's four. No, maybe, maybe like, yeah, it was this whole, false hope of selling it on on fox at midday like oh yeah you got to watch michigan they have a real test here with the maryland terrapins like this team is falling apart in the, the second half here did qualify for a bowl very good but losing your best player tigers are even in a down year hugh freeze is 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 i don't know if he's a good person probably not but he's definitely got that program going in the right direction i mean say what you want about him as a person Mm. As uh, someone who plays a lot of video games, I don't know what kind of Tarkov player he is. Like maybe he's a, uh, maybe he's one of those guys who just like hangs out, looks to snipe you, doesn't actually get involved in the action. Like he strikes me as that. Like, he strikes yeah. me as one of those little, 
or cruddy players, but he's got some... what uh, Jared a scav, I think, or <laughs> a rat or something. I think he's yeah, something like that. Auburn is just loaded. He's done a good job there. He's done a really good job there. And Maryland just doesn't have the horses there. Music City Bowl. This is 2 p.m. on ABC. So, I mean, you do get some national TV time. I guess that's good for Maryland. You get your ass beat on national TV again for the umpteenth time this year. Awesome being in the Big Ten, I suppose. But, yeah, I, I got Auburn winning by a lot here. Let me see who's favorite. Auburn's only favored by seven points. I think that's that's too low. I, I think this is one of the ones that I, that could have been closer to 10. I would take Auburn, and I'd take him to cover those points. I agree. So what about you? Do you know a, a Terrapin player aside from Tygo I was – I'm racking my head here for <laughs> – I did know the um, the running back. Didn't they have a running back? Who, <laughs> I'm sure that they have a running back. <laughs> I'm almost uh, positive that they do. <laughs> I know his number. I don't know the guy's name. <laughs> Gosh, they have a guy. They have a guy. He's a running back, and he's number twenty-four. <laughs> okay, twenty-something. Right. He's not. I don't know if he's terrible. I know. I know that he's there. I know he he's plays. present. Yeah, so he I plays. Guess. I guess it doesn't say much for Maryland, but he <laughs> could still be terrible and play, but. <laughs> Their big thing is, hey, we actually have football players. We're going to play. We were like, we got jerseys and the whole bit. Oh, okay, okay. You know, what? Well, come on down <laughs> to the Music City Bowl. We'll get you started here. <laughs> you get to play Auburn and Hugh Freeze. Next one is this is probably <laughs> the the craziest bowl we have this bowl season. And let me give you the fun fact first. So the Orange Bowl has had some incredible halftime performances, but one standout was 1979 when the legendary band Kiss performed during halftime and what made this kiss performance particularly memorable was this was the first concert ever to feature a live performance by kiss without their signature makeup yes it happened at the orange bowl fans got to see the band members unmasked a significant departure from their usual on-stage personas so kiss just playing music it happened at the orange bowl uh so that that tells you so this is why this is the fun fact this is the harboring for, for what's going to happen in this game. We're going to see some really ugly stuff. So I just want to keep in mind <laughs> that we I was hoping that's where you go. That like, like I saw Gene Simmons and they said, put the paint back on. <laughs> so, so when this turns into a disaster, when this gets really ugly, just know the Orange Bowl has seen far, far worse. <laughs> Number five, undefeated Florida State Seminoles at number six or versus the number six Georgia Bulldogs. The storyline will be sold as ESPN is already selling this as the Consolation Bowl. Absolute lie. Florida State has been gutted by injuries, transfer portal, and overall college football committee screw job. The space team is missing what it, I think I saw number 20 something. I think it's higher now. There's going to be 23 players, more 23 plus players. I'm the number I'm seeing in front of me is 39, but they cannot be right. Cannot be thirty nine. There's no way that is obscene. I mean, twenty something is already like that's both of your starting core. That is. Uh, hold on, I have to fact like check myself. Every around. every single starter. Orange that bowl. Is. Come on, Edge. I'm depending on Edge now, um, which I don't know if that's going to uh, running list of players opting out of the Orange Bowl. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is a, uh, we passed 20. Oh, 17. 
17 so far. Okay, so it's not 20, 17 right now, but this article was posted yesterday. No, this article was posted on the 18th. It's got to be more than that now. Let me... 17 just Seminoles, right? Oh. Okay, this is an article from today. It says, FSU will be without at least 20 players for Orange Bowl versus Georgia after opouts. Yeah, they are 20 players down. 20 players down. Norvell has basically stated the entire period leading up to the bowl has been an absolute nightmare for the team. And now the school is summoning all its lawyers to get out of the ACC. And what does this show? Billable hours remain undefeated. But meanwhile, <laughs> George is winning the war of attrition in the portal. Best players are not opting out. This looks like the ultimate beatdown about to be administered, like a nature channel interaction where you know you have to witness the murder. Uh, you have to witness the mother nature's cruelness. This game is going to be nothing but about bloodbath. Vegas says Bulldogs by 16 and a half points. And I got to say, as being a little too kind, I would take Bulldogs plus 21 in a heartbeat. Obviously, we're both going to take Georgia. How bad is the beating going to be, though? I mean, like I said earlier, uh, I'm honestly, I'm amazed that they even accepted this bowl invitation. Like, I mean, they could have just said, forget it. Like, almost everybody would have understood. Like, they, they would have had at least at that point, albeit pathetic and shaky kind of ground to stand on like the UCF way of like saying that they were undefeated. They throw themselves a parade, print the t-shirts, but <laughs> they could have at least stood their ground with that. Like we had an undefeated regular season and we kind of opted out because we got screwed over by the committee. Like I, I think that there, they would have had at least some support for that, but accepting this bid and then being matched up against a Georgia team who themselves is pissed off about the lack of playoff invite. This is the. I was going to make the point later in the show, but like when we get to the Oregon game, but if the committee would have had any kind of, if there would have, well, I know it's silly to talk about justice and fairness when like those those are only a child or an idiot believes in those type of things, but like if we lived in a perfect world and there was a screw job for Florida State, they'd put them against Liberty, so they'd at least (laughs) have a fighting chance, but they wouldn't do that because they knew that. Florida State, even a depleted Florida State would probably beat Liberty, and then you'd have an undefeated Florida State with a win in the New Year's Six Bowl. Then you get to have a uh, that opens the whole conversation about split national championships. Even as ridiculous as that sounds, it, it opens the door. You can start printing your T-shirts. I believe mm-hmm. UCF is printing their T-shirts before they get to the game. I mean, <laughs> right? But but putting them up against Georgia in the Orange Bowl, it, it just This is a double whammy. This is like, I mean, the committee already said you weren't good enough to be even undefeated to be in the playoff. Now this is like them doubling down on it. Like you were going to get sacrificed to Georgia just as kind of proof that they weren't good enough. Right. I mean, this is just going to be like a, uh, oh shit. What's the, what's the phrase? Um, Confirmation bias. For the committee, oh, yeah. because they're going to be like, see, we told you, you lost by 40 to Georgia. You really think that you were one of the four best teams that deserved a playoff spot? Like, there's there's no way. I mean, I, I don't see any alternative reality where Florida State has a chance where this goes positively. I, I guarantee it. I'll say it right now. Like, when this game, as soon as this game is over, watch on Twitter, X, whatever they're calling it this week. It, this is going to be Kirk Herbstreit's victory lap. Don't even doubt it for one second. He's going to be out there with his little shitting and grin, 
talking about Georgia and how maybe he'll even bring up the fact that maybe Georgia should have been involved in the playoffs too. Like he, he, he we're going to get there. Believe me. You talk about look what they just did to Florida State, who was oh, undefeated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the whole narrative will change. Yeah, yeah he, he's he's compromised. He's totally compromised. The moment that game is, I in fact, I wouldn't even wait till the, by halftime. He's going to be tuning his own horns. He's going to be talking about like, well, maybe the Huskies shouldn't have been in there, and maybe Georgia should. Maybe there should have been two. He'll be the first guy to float it. Believe me, he's a he, he's a he's an FC. He's not even SEC shill. He's an FCC fluffer. He's going to be. <laughs> He's going to be pushing everybody out of the way to be the first one on his knees. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. <laughs> and when I think of this game, though, I think of like, this is like when you get robbed by a hooker. And then, so she steals your money, but then she steals your clothes. Like, this is like the double. Like, not only is, not only are you not going to, not only are you not getting laid, you're not winning a national championship. Like, that, that bus, that <laughs> should be on your sale. <laughs> It should have sailed, but now she's going to rob you. So you're like, okay, not only am I, I'm not getting laid, I'm losing my money. And now, and now she's going to take your fucking clothes too. <laughs> Just, that's what Florida State's living through. Florida State's living through a, a hooker who's robbed them and stolen their clothes and their money. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <sighs> and they show up for their shift at what? A scooter's oh. coffee or whatever. It's, what's, what's the brand? Yeah, scooters. Scooters. They go, yeah. scooters come, and they're like, "You won't believe this idiot." He thought he was going to get some. He was going to get some. And I, I fucking robbed that motherfucker, and I took his clothes. Here, do you have a? Do, does your son wear a size twelve Adidas sneakers? These are good. These are in good shape. Here, look at this jacket. It's fucking pleather. This cheap fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> this guy's got a this guy's got a Danny Werfel jersey. I, I don't even want. It. No one wants it. <laughs> I'm throwing it right in the trash. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, a better bowl, shockingly, compared to the Orange Bowl, is the last one on the slate. Uh 4:30 p.m. uh is the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Toledo Rockets versus the Wyoming Cowboys. This is in lovely, lovely. This is the way we talk in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> Toledo, totally being slept on here. Team defeated five bowl eligible teams, uh, only lost to one bowl eligible team, Illinois. Uh, one bowl ineligible team, Illinois, has a 29th ranked offense in the country. I know they lost to Quan Finn in the portal, but Tucker Gleason has a lot of publicity as a recruit. On three, had him ranked very highly. He steps into <laughs> a system he's very familiar with, has taken first team reps all of the bowl practices. He's more of a dual threat too, also because of his, his legs, Wyoming. I know better resume. Uh, when you look at the, who they played, how they managed to keep up with better teams, even their losses were to bowl eligible teams. This is one's a tough one because I, I think this is probably the one on Saturday. Um, that's of all. Yeah. I mean, we're the peach bowl, I think is actually probably the top matchup, but like Auburn, Maryland, I think Auburn's it's going to be Auburn or wash. Georgia's obviously going to destroy Florida state, but this is the most competitive one of all the bowl games on, on Saturday. This is the most competitive bowl game. And it's, it's the bowl game presented by Barstool. They just, I don't know if this is an <laughs> indictment of, of the bowls or if this is, it's definitely an indictment of the college football playoff committee, but I, 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 I mean, I'm, I don't can't see the list of who I picked, but I, 
I'm changing my mind. If I didn't take the Rockets, I'm going to lead the Rockets. Who, who you, you got? Go with, you went with the Rockets. I went with the Cowboys. And it's like uh, my note was we're splitting our picks, and I think that it gives good parity for the show, but also for the the rooting interests. And because I've been sympathetic to Wyoming all season, like that, they've been to me what New Mexico State was to you. And mm. uh, I think they, the Cowboys would have more talent. I think they're going to prove it here. I mean, plus Coach Craig Bowl is retiring. He's been the coach or been in coaching for I think 40 some seasons and uh he has a chance to finish with a winning record overall at Wyoming he's 60 and 60 right now so win here puts him over the edge I mean I personally I think that's immense motivation not only for himself but of course his players to have him go out on top and um were you still were you gonna go to this game because I thought yeah. you this one I don't know where this is one where the the credentials were Tucson? Yeah, <laughs> typically I, I would hold that against them. That it, it's it's located it's in the way we talk in Tucson, Arizona. And I did want to go down there and find that mural of uh, <laughs> the guy, uh, yeah. which I will do before the end of this year. But uh, I I don't know if I'm going to make it because of scheduling. I do have my tickets. I have my press passes available. I am a little disappointed that this is only available on Barstool. That I think that's one of the things that's causing a lot of press pass issues is that it's not televised. It's only being streamed on yeah, Barstool. How do you get that? I can't answer that. I don't know how I, you do it. <laughs> good question. I, I don't know, which will be a shame, but I will be pulling for Wyoming. So, I mean, if, if you do end up going to it, uh, try to get in that pick of uh, Craig Bull being carried off the field because I have oh, a yeah. Wyoming is going to take this one. I see. I got Toledo's. I'd be an underplayed man. I think Toledo is uh, – it, it's, it's, it's time for some uh, – what conference? I always get Toledo mixed up. They're in the um, – They're in the MAC. Mac, yes, I perfect. I knew I was gonna get. It's time for some action. Time, time for some action. <laughs> time for some action. <laughs> Monday, we start off twelve noon. Monday, January first. Is that right? Yes, January first. Monday, we start off the January bowl. January first bowls. This used to be where all the big bowls were, uh, and there was always one or two bowls that kind of hung out there that kind of didn't belong, and that mm-hmm. one would be the one that we now know as the ReliQuest Bowl. This was originally known as the Hall of Fame Bowl, but later became the Outback Bowl, as in the Outback Steakhouse, the Australian-themed fast casual restaurant. Now, a fun fact, because I couldn't find any fun facts about the bowl, but I said, I, I offered ChatGBT. I was like, well, I want to present this to an audience of people. It, like, Give me some options here. And it suggested, how about a fun fact for Outback Steakhouse? And it told me this fun fact, which I was like, that is fucked up. So did you know? Outback Steakhouse founders actually opened the first restaurant in Tampa, Florida in 1988. Despite the Australian theme, neither of those founders had ever actually been to Australia. They created the concept based on what they thought Australians might enjoy, (laughs) blending elements they found appealing with a touch of Australian culture. This adventurous (laughs) approach resulted in the creation of a globally recognized restaurant chain known for its hearty portions and unique flavors. And there is an Outback Steakhouse in Sydney, Australia, that you can visit, <laughs> that locals seem to take pleasure in visiting and deriding. But Outback, mm. I love Outback Steakhouse. Like, it's one of my favorites. Hmm. I, I did not know that about you. Like we blew on. Yeah, we should have gone to an Outback while you were here. <laughs> oh, I love uh, Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> well, when you come next time, we'll go to an Outback. Ah. I I had heard that before, like one of those uh, like obscure trivia kind of things. Where like, yeah, they had never been to to australia they just just thought it sounded australian or whatever so yeah 
they're like, but they must eat steaks. Everybody eats steaks, right? <laughs> like it is, <laughs> it is kind of like an unhinged American idea. But the this is now the Relia Quest. I don't know what Relia Quest is, but they hope they have the number thirteen Louisiana State University Tigers versus the Wisconsin Badgers. Now, no Jane Daniels, uh, no Brian Thomas Jr., no Malik Neighbors. LSU very shorthanded. If you believe rumors, BK. This is the craziest rumors I, I, read, I read on message board, and this also got published on Twitter. Brian Kelly, waiting for the dust to settle at Michigan here over the next couple of days. Interesting, interesting story here, because if, if Harbaugh bolts for the NFL and they need a coach they and they are considering Brian Kelly, they might want to move fast because apparently his buyout is crazy low if he leaves before the end of this year. So if you buy brian kelly out before his before the end of the year before 12 31 he only has a three million dollar buyout he can that means jimbo had a 70 plus million dollar buyout 70 and brian kelly you can get for three he was literally getting for pennies on the dollar (laughs) that is crazy also considering like how much that contract was for initially anyway that that they paid him that much and the buyout's only three million dollars that's insane What's crazy here is that that because there was the idea on the message board, like, well, why wouldn't he just buy himself out, renegotiate for a new contract? I guess the, the contract terms that he originally signed with LSU are so beneficial. If he gets fired, he gets every single dollar, every single dollar of his contract, no matter what. Even if he's fired for cause, he gets all his money. Like there's no, there's no smart. (laughs) There's no other perks that he could get by holding them to the, by holding their feet to the flames. Like it's, he could opt out by himself out and renegotiate a new contract. But from what I understand from all coaching circles and and from what the value is like, he's already got them over a barrel. He couldn't get more money out of them already. (laughs) Like, so, but if he, there, there is, reported interest in that Michigan job, but that firing would have to happen or him that Harbaugh leaving would have to happen almost kind of simultaneously. And I just don't see that happening, but just food for thought, Brian Kelly at Michigan, just live in that world for a second. (laughs) No, thank you. It's bad enough that he's at LSU, but Michigan, that would just be Uh, LSU obviously loaded, but the performers on offense are not in the building. I don't know if the Badgers have the horses to match up. I like the Badgers, but this seems like too big of a job. Vegas has LSU by 10 points. Give me your thoughts on this one. I think we both went Tigers on this one. Yeah, I mean, even without Daniels and a bunch of other offensive production, even without the offensive coordinator, I mean, still top to bottom, they're a much better team than Wisconsin. I mean, no offense to the Badgers, but I mean, we have talked about how Paul Christ didn't really recruit. He left those coverage really bare for Luke Fickle. Like LSU has prep team guys that won't even suit up in this game that would be like starters and stars mm. for Wisconsin. Like this is also Brian Kelly's chance at revenge against Luke Fickle. And, and don't think that he's not going to relish doing oh, yeah. dirty. Mm-hmm. So I think even 10 points is way too low. Like the, the Badgers, they do have an above average defense, but no way are they stopping the tires from scoring. Like even with all those pieces missing, this is going to get ugly. I not quite as ugly as the Georgia Florida state thing, but LSU wins this in a blowout. This one is only 10 points. Yeah. I, I, I like that LSU 10. I, I dig that, that the, the I was going to correct myself here. That Georgia one has ballooned to 19 points. So, I mean, 19 so points is, 
Yeah, it's still too low, but damn, that's really it's it's blown up this week. The, the money has been flooding in there on the the Georgia money line bet is basically not even worth it. If you're willing to take Georgia and the points, it kind of kind of evens out. You have to buy plus points to kind of make that Georgia game this worthwhile. One, with LSU, I think that that like if it's ten, I, I would feel comfortable. I mean, maybe not laying money, but I, I think that this is going to be double that because like I was saying, like Brian Kelly, he's now lost Dan Brock. So he's going to be like, so he, he doesn't have Daniels. He doesn't, doesn't have a lot of pieces, doesn't have his coordinator, but he's still going to run up the score every chance that he's got. Cause he'd be like, look, I didn't need a coordinator. I didn't need the Heisman trophy winner to still kick the shit out of somebody. Like he's going to, he, he's not going to let off the gas in this one. Like, no. Yep. He's going to, he's going to be embracing his inner SEC coach and, and running it up. If he gets the opportunity to run it up, definitely going to run it up. And he sure. definitely could Luke, Yeah, you're right. I forgot the Luke fickle part of this angle on this story. Yeah. He's definitely going to be, it's, it's, it's punishment time for Luke fickle and and they don't have the, they don't got the dogs to fight. Um, Next one is cheese at citrus bowl 1 PM Eastern on ABC. So this one gets national TV time. Number 17, Iowa Hawkeyes versus number one, 20, number 21, Tennessee volunteers, the Hawkeyes. And their storied offense can clinch their fourth ever 11 win season against Tennessee, and the stakes have ever been higher for an event with Cheese It in the title. Now, shockingly, this is the fourth time these teams have met. Last time was the 2015 Tax Slayer Bowl, where the Vols took the Hawkeyes out back and they got blown the fuck out 45 28. Tennessee, of course, is dealing with a year of disappointment, one year removed from stealing bowl season last year at the Orange Bowl. They come in this year 8 and 4, and even a win would just put some decorative frosting on the shit pie they've baked this season. <laughs> Meanwhile, Meanwhile, Iowa's offense is so bad it's become a meme. Vegas likes the offensive matchup between the skill players and Iowa's slow defensive backs. They have Tennessee. Actually, it was by eight and a half. It's uh, it's actually shortened down. There's money flooding in on the Iowa side where people liked all those points. They liked Iowa uh, eight. They liked Iowa plus nine. It's actually shrunk down to six, which I think is a little bit more realistic here. Um I mean, it doesn't get, I mean, UT, Tennessee is going to be without Milton, though. I think that's the news that came out today. So mm-hmm. he's off to prep for the NFL draft. I know that the, the spotlight is off. Expectations are, are in the dirt. I mean, it can't, doesn't get any more subterranean than the friggin' cheese it bowl. Uh, not the fruit-based bowl you want to be affiliated with, but I think the volunteers win easily. Even without Milton, I, I still think just offensively, the way they match up and the, and the, the skill players they have at the wide receiver position, I, I don't think I was ever faced anybody like that. I, I know they, they I, Ohio State had a had on them good based on those uh, wide receivers, but the amount of top wide receiving talent there in in Tennessee is just going to be too much for them. I, I don't see how Iowa wins this game at all, or even keeps it close. Yeah, I mean, we talked earlier about like the Vegas odds makers. I mean, obviously they know what they're doing. They like they have a tendency to prove themselves right more often than not. So, I mean that kind of gives me pause here. Like, because I'm like, what the hell are they seeing that makes him think that this is going to be anything less than a blowout. But I mean, with no Milton, obviously uh, that's kind of news, but Tennessee doesn't have Michigan's defense, but Michigan didn't have Tennessee's offense. And that big 10 title game was still 26 to nothing. Like Iowa didn't score a point. So uh, I think I was actually going to get on the board in this game, but it's, I don't think it's ever going to be as close as the coin toss. I mean, I think this is the Vols like really easily. So. And the fun fact here is in 1979, as part of the U.S. efforts to normalize relations with China, the game was renamed the Tangerine Bowl for that year. The change was made to honor the visit of Chinese Vice Premier Deng Xiaoping 
to the United States. It's a unique instance where a bowl game temporarily took on a different name, not for sponsorship reasons, but to commemorate a significant diplomatic event. Here it is, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl with its long history of foreign relations, which I guess is something. Wow. I mean, every bowl game is going to have some kind of, you know, something special about them. And, and theirs is that they help to re- recover our relationship with, with China. So, yay. <laughs> yeah, yay. Uh, let's get to the last one before the playoffs. The Verbo Fiesta Bowl, 1 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Number eight, Oregon Ducks. Number 23, Liberty Flames. I'm not going to go over a, why Liberty should be playing Florida State because we know that isn't going to happen. But Fiesta usually has a better matchup. Lanning versus his old team would have been a nice barometer where this program is compared now compared to where it started. This one just feels so second place, like slumming it. Ducks are favored by, uh, they were favored, they were originally favored by 17. This has kind of gone back and forth. It's bounced from 16 to 16 and a half to 17 to 17 and a half, uh, kind of all around, kind of hovered around that corner. This is definitely one where, where people see the Ducks winning. It's just by a matter of what, even as a contrarian in like, how Liberty could stay in this game. Like I, what's the reason? Like because of the Fiesta Bowl magic, like I hate to say it because I want a good matchup, but this is like absolute stinker. Like I'd rather Penn state or Ole Miss or anyone respectable playing in this game against the ducks other than Liberty. This feels like a letdown to me. How how do you feel about like when this bowl was announced, I was like, okay, well that's an easy win. Kind of lame, but I was like, kind of sucks because it's, it's a big bowl. Festival is usually pretty nice, and this one just doesn't feel like it's going to be competitive at all. What were your initial thoughts on this one? Yeah, I thought it was kind of a lame matchup too, but I mean, also kind of just like, oh, well, looks like this is the cakewalk at least. I mean, like Bonix is still playing; like he's one of the few ones that didn't opt out in a game that you know isn't a playoff game. And uh, I was kind of excited. It's like, oh, okay, uh, at least uh, one of the teams that I root for is going to have a very, really <laughs> easy path. So. <laughs> I was kind of excited, actually. It's like that early in the year when you're like, you're like, oh, they get to play Stony Brook. Okay, definitely, definitely, they're going to beat the hell out of Stony Brook. That one's safe. They're like they'll they'll control that game from start to finish. And then, of course, in those type of games, like the team struggles in the first quarter, and you're like, oh no, this is going to be a terrible year. And then they get on track, put 63 <laughs> on them, and then everyone's like, no, 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 we're good, we're good, we're good. That was just small scare, small scare here. So. <laughs> Now, what I wanted to mention, because the game's not really noteworthy, because I think we both agree Ducks are going to win, the Desert Ducks present the Ducks Fly Together official watch party for those in Arizona who can't score tickets to the uh, to the Fiesta Bowl since it, is, since it is sold out, primarily Ducks fans from what I understand. Uh, but the ones who can't make it to the game can go to the official watch party at the Well Bar on 2623 North Scottsdale Road in lovely Scottsdale, Arizona. Why come out to Scottsdale? Would you like to see a woman with bad plastic surgery? Do you want to try to score with a MILF who drives a Range Rover? Come to the well bar January 1st and see it all and root on your Oregon Ducks. Hashtag Ducks Fly Together. Hashtag Skoducks. B-Y-O-B, which stands for Bring Your Own Beaver Jokes. Uh, All Ducks are welcome (laughs) at the well bar to enjoy the easy, easy win over Liberty and then the playoff games immediately thereafter. I thought the, the bad plastic surgery things were the bad beaver jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing about the future Mrs. X Gump that he finds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he doesn't. Have, he doesn't have enough money. That's one of those things about them. You, you, you got to come in there. You got to come in there loaded. You're not coming in there loaded. They're not talking. Uh, 
You can look, but you cannot touch. Even the <laughs> even the fake parts, you cannot touch. <laughs> you, you have to. You, you better show up with your credit report. It, 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 that score better start with seven, buddy. <laughs> Can't start with six. <laughs> uh, let's get to our playoff game. So the first one is the Rose Bowl presented by Prudential. Uh, um, Rose Bowl, uh, known as the granddaddy of them all oldest uh bowl game one of the the greatest bowl games if i if i may add my own commentary but this one puts the number one michigan wolverines versus the number four alabama crimson tide coach jim harbaugh has a two and seven record bowl record no longer has a sign stealing cheating program in place and recently had to join a conference call with all other big 10 coaches to plead his case for michigan also his agent is openly flirting with nfl teams and balked at a provision in his new Michigan extension that prevented him or his agent from talking to NFL teams this offseason. <laughs> Harbaugh has been suspended for more games in his coaches' season, and all signs point to this being his last game instead coaching the college football uh, in college football. Meanwhile, Saban and the Tide have won the last game of its season nine times out of 14 years. Let's make that 10 times. The five times they've lost have been national titles. No one is better with more time in the history of football for preparing for an opponent. Maybe Belichick. Top-line defense, check. Offense on the come up, check. Out of this world talent at quarterback coming to his, his own at the right time, double check. Greatest coach who ever lived, check, check, check. This whole game comes down, what this whole game comes down to my mind is the offensive line play by Bama. Never faced a D line as complete as Michigan this season. They are susceptible to getting pants. And Milrow has been otherworldly, but has not been put on his back every single play. In my mind, this game requires an NFL defensive scheme that has shades of 80s and early 90s. And guess what Arbaugh specializes in? That and SpongeBob. <laughs> you know who's held lead over who's held had leads over Michigan this year? It's happened three times. There's only been three times where a different and another team has been up on Michigan. 3 0 mm-hmm. versus Maryland, 3 0 when PSU was up on them, 7 0 against Indiana. That's it. They've never been at a deficit other than those three games, which they won handedly. So that is the case for Michigan. Let me make the case for Bama here. Bama can't get hot early. Can't run that quick strike. Put some points on the on the board. This will turn into a defensive slog. All time of possession, all about the running game. Basically, turn this into an old school Big Ten ten yard fight. Where do you come down on this one as far as style of play and how this one's going to play out? Well, I mean, we all heard and we loved that reaction of the, by the Michigan players and the the staff and the fan base because. We heard them audibly groan because they like oh they're like oh shit we got the matchup with Bama they they all wanted Washington or simply would have loved to have Florida State at four like instead they get Bama and they groan because they know they're actually gonna have to show up for this game and it's they know exactly what you just said they don't don't have that cheating intel and Saban is the best at prep work with time I I don't think that this is gonna be particularly close either. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking for that clip. I, I, oh, yeah, here it is. Here's that clip. Here's here's Michigan finding out that they're going to play Alabama. That does not sound like a team that's initial reaction is they're they're pumped up about playing this game. And, and I'll tell you, there's there's the the fun fact about the betting here is that. Eighty-five percent of all consumer bets. So not not handicappers, not professionals, just regular consumers who are betting on apps and in casinos. Eighty-five percent of all consumer bets on this game have been for Bama on the money line. Fans love Bama winning this game, which quite frankly scares the hell out of me. <laughs> I, I, 
I'm going to I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I, I've, I've, I've always uh, uh, I've already played it. I was going to change my one at the last second, but now I'm changing. Now I'm waffling. I, I was going to go Michigan, but Alabama's just too much, right? Like this is going to be. I also think and I, I would not be a true conspiracy theorist if I didn't just float this out there, but committee kind of like made sure that they're in here. Why wouldn't they make sure the officials, they get all the calls anyway, even without the conspiracy, they seem to get all the calls. Like the there's the powers that be are incentivized for Alabama to win this whole thing. And it starts here. Michigan's already overmatched. I, I do like the idea of that defensive line getting at Milrow, but even if you take away Milrow, that this team is just too, too complete. Even when they were doing dual quarterbacks, they were still, you know, challenging the best teams in the country. I just don't see how Michigan puts this win together. I think even if everything goes right for them, I still think that it's, it would be a miracle if they win this game. Yeah. I mean, the Bama defense, it's certainly not what it's been in the past, which probably means that Quorum and Michigan will get some points on them. But the other side of that, Michigan hasn't played a quarterback quite as dynamic as Milrow, as you were saying. So as long as he's on his game and like improvising out of whatever shit play calls Reese is calling, I think it's going to be all tied. Like I, I have no love or pride in that pick. I mean, this is definitely a meteor scenario for me, but uh, certainly the more pal- palatable pick, I think we've talked about it before is like, it's the devil that, you know, like Saban mm-hmm. has won plenty of these. Like I don't necessarily want him to win yet another title, but as long as it keeps Harbaugh from winning one, I'll take it. So, I mean, not only the rooting interest is with Bama, but I also just do think that they are genuinely the better team. I think, like, when they did lose to Texas, it was Milrow still figuring things out and, like, Reese was still new or or maybe Reese was actually calling the place before Saban or someone else took it over from him. Um, I think they were, you know, it was still so early. That was just week two, right? They were still figuring mm-hmm. things out and – now they're a completely different team. Michigan, like, yeah, th- their defense is good, above average, whatever. But, I mean, unless they're cheating and taking people's signals, th- they beat Iowa 26 to nothing. Like, you only put uh, – like, I know that Iowa also has, like, a supposedly a good defense too, but 26 points. I mean, I don't, I don't think they scored more than, what, 38 points all year. Like, that's – they're so vanilla and bland. Like, they, they don't excite me at all like they're they're not an explosive team i think this is bama all the way oh yeah this is it just it, it it's it feels like an inevitability it's it feels like this is the one that's going to make it to the end in the next game the next playoff game and i think it's the more interesting one because this is this is going to tell us who is going to be either fed to alabama or who's going to be the underdog to alabama the all-state sugar bowl Number two, Washington Huskies. Number two, Texas Longhorns. So we both got Alabama slotted in there for the national championship. Now we got the other half of the equation, Huskies, Longhorns. Huskies, un- the undefeated team in the matchup is considered the underdog. And not just by a little, the Huskies are four and a half point dogs in this one. And remember, they were nine and a half point dogs to Oregon. This is a team that loves the Cinderella label, can play it cool when his dogs against the world. Meanwhile, the Longhorns are finally back to where they think they should be after years of Years of Texas is back, folks. Not this time. You're wrong. We're back. No, we got you. When Texas wins tonight, no way. Against the mighty SEC, no way. Texas is back. This one was invented by a writer.
So after all the jokes, after all the monkey attacks, the Sark recruiting, not squeezing as little as he can out of five-star recruits, the Longhorns sit on the precipice of a college football resurgence, a return to blue bloodom, all before they head off to the SEC. And remember, it's Sam Ellinger in that clip that, that was at the Sugar Bowl when he said that. So here we are back in the Sugar Bowl, about to put the to, to rest the Texas is back, about to be vindicated. A Longhorn comeback story narrated by Matthew McConaughey, while Texas fan quietly weeps tears of joy in the throat in his throwback Vince Young jersey. Am I wrong? How do you see this one breaking down? I, I, I've, I've come to the sad conclusion here. It's like I, this was the meteor game for me, but I, I, I am, I will always be horns down forever. But I cannot have Huskies in the national championship. I cannot allow it. I just, I, I cannot want that. Yeah, I, I'm sorry I, because. I don't necessarily want it either. I mean, it's not just a loathing for Texas, although I'm sure it's going to come off that way. But seriously, like, despite not wanting to root for the Huskies either, like, this is another meteor scenario, I think, in this whole playoff bracket for both of us. But what other team, Mark, what other player gets consistently shit on and passed over like the Huskies and Michael Penix? They were underdogs twice to the Ducks. Twice to the Ducks, yeah. <laughs> a very, very good team. They won both times. Penix is talked about for the Heisman Trophy all season long. He's the front runner for some long stretches of the season. Beats the Ducks for a second time. You think, okay, that's probably enough to cement it for him. And then seemingly out of nowhere comes Jaden Daniels to snatch that from him too. Penix has just been quiet, not unassuming. He just goes about his business, does his job without ever being boastful about it. And then you got Texas on the other side who just like jumps at the chance. It's all the pomp and circumstance, all the hullabaloo and all the, the eyes of Texas, all the eyes are on Texas. This is the perfect opportunity for Penix to prove everything to everyone. A primetime matchup in the playoffs. It makes all those people eat their words. Personally, I think Oregon is better than Texas, and UW beat them twice. So I got the Huskies beating Texas here. Horns down forever. They're they're a sham. They're a shit show. They're going to be even more irrelevant when they go to the SEC. They should be happy that they got a playoff appearance. Never again. I think it it all ends here in in decisive fashion. I think Panix just shows up and shows out. I think that uh, he's probably sick and tired of it. Frankly, like they're the number one, they're the number two team in the nation. They're undefeated and they're getting treated like they're you know has been also rants like that don't even deserve a, a spot in the playoff. And I think that they're really pissed off about it and rightfully should be i mean neither one of us like you more than i we didn't want them in the playoffs but man they earned it they earned it every step of the way and i think they're better i just think they're better oh yeah it's the longhorns kind of kind of backed their way into this one i mean if it wouldn't been for the uh this is I always talk about those rankings is rankings matter at all times, especially early season rankings. Like if, if Texas if would have been a little bit more clear, they probably would have had more ground to make up probably would have been harder for them to be. There could have been a case made for two SEC teams. Kind of the only reason why Texas gets sustained is because of that win is over Alabama. Uh, I, I think, gosh, it's hard. You're, you're right. It's really hard to count the Huskies out. They've won everything put in front of them. Uh, even even when that defense has struggled. And I think that's the one concern here I have here is that if that, that defense has been known to struggle at times and struggled against the, the Wildcats kind of kept up with them. Oregon obviously kept up with them. Those defensive backs just aren't very good. I think, I think this is going to be Texas needs to take advantage early. They need to score points. They need to get 
off to right on right on the Huskies right away. Build up a lead. Try to hold it as, as, as much as you can. Just never let the dogs back into this game. Get a lead. Hold it. I think we're going to get next week. We're going to get to our preview of the, the championship, but like, I think we're going to have to retire this joke. As much as I love this, I think we're going to have to retire. Like, I think we're going to get to, we're, we're going to have to deal with the grim reality. Like God forbid Michigan wins on the other side. Cause then we're going to have to deal with a really uh, dark reality. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know if I can continue on with anything after that. Jim Harbaugh holds up that 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 glass that the crystal trophy, yeah. and he gets to talk about his adversity and how they've always been again. Yeah, I don't know. I is it, wasn't there a South Park episode where like the the world ends because of the smugness? Could that possibly happen if Michigan <laughs> gets a, a championship? Like the world would just implode like that, like that submersible earlier in the year. Just <laughs> boom, we're all gone. Yeah, if only. It'd I mean, mean I, I think your your points uh, are pretty valid about the uh, Husky defense, but that offense—I mean, it's quick strike, it's explosive. They can score pretty much at will. Apparently, like you know, watching those Oregon games, just is like, how can you not stop them? Oh, nobody can stop them ever. Yeah, no one can. <laughs> Well, th- those are all our matchups this week. We have. I just want to give you a quick update of where we're picked. So we have some ones that are that are going on right now. So far, I'm eight and thirteen. Eric, you're eleven and ten. Uh, neither of us is in the running for the the money. But however, now we're just playing for pride. Now we're just we're just Eastern Michigan and who 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 is the other team that they got? <laughs> this is the GMAC Bowl of pickers. Because <laughs> well, I've done terrible. I I, I had the uh, I had a New Mexico State Aggies it did not cash out for me. I had uh, Old Dominion. We both had Syracuse. I was kind of shocked by that. I was wow, like, "Wow, yeah, that was embarrassing." I had the Red Wolves. I had Arkansas State. I had, I had talked myself into UCF, and I talked myself into Arkansas State. I knew I was in trouble. Uh, Trojans didn't pay didn't pay dividends for us. Uh, again, I went with another Aggies in the Idaho Bowl uh, when the Panthers uh, took care of business. We both had the uh, Dukes not showing up in the armed forces bowl, uh, 68 ventures bowl. I did have the South Alabama Jaguars, uh, but then I immediately gave it all back when I decided I was going to take the Utah Utes who I thought were respectable. <laughs> How about that? Northwestern. <laughs> How about it? Well, beat down. It was what? 14 to seven. <laughs> so. it, it felt like it could have been 21 to 28 to seven. It seemed like they took it easy on him. I was like, wow. I'm like, I'm like so much for my most physical team. in <laughs> Well, good thing the Pac-12 is imploding. <laughs> uh, and then we had we both had the shade to clears. They took care of business. I went out on a loom. I, I love that offensive uh, that offensive uh, spread option of the the Rebels. I took the Rebels. Of course, the Jayhawks cashed in last night. I was there for that one. Uh, we talked about the Golden Gophers. I had the Golden Golden Gophers over the Falcons, and then the Owls have taken care of business. And then the other ones are still in play while we're talking. Uh, uh, Louisville USC is at halftime. USC is. Looking good so far. Texas A&M, Oklahoma State is still in play. Oh, Virginia Tech and Tulane. We have a final there. Uh, it is the Hokies. So you've got another win. <laughs> Let me mark the box here. And um, we have another one. We have North Carolina, West Virginia. West Virginia took care of business. So we both, neither one really? of us got that one. Okay. Yeah. West Virginia 30, North Carolina 10. Again, Jeez. Well, North no Carolina just... Playing down <laughs> expectations again. 
but the Trojans are ahead right now, so Trojans might be able to make up a little bit of a difference. We both do have the Cowboys, uh, Oklahoma State, so I'm I'm banking my hopes on the USC Trojans. Now I know I'm in trouble. Now I know gross. I'm in rock bottom. Yes, gross <laughs> way to live, Mark. It's, it's gross. That's a gross <laughs> way to live. Well, as we wrap up the show, I want to mention Shiba Inu token shiba inu so if you missed the button on cryptocurrency or you think you missed the button on cryptocurrency you have not you missed out on dogecoin you missed out on bitcoin you're like i'll never get involved you can still get involved you can still get in on the ground floor of one this one is called shib token i don't even want you to invest i don't want you to go buy something put your money into it without knowing it i want you to get more information arm yourself learn about web 3.0 learn about cryptocurrency learn about how you can get involved with cryptocurrency cryptocurrency is value it's not only based on the amount of it exists uh, the inherent value that people believe in it exists, but what it actually does. Shiba Inu is a unique token in the fact that it's used for peer-to-peer transactions and other projects. So it has inherent value beyond its speculative purposes. The market cap is in the billions. If you have not looked at cryptocurrency before because you felt like you missed the boat, you have not. You can still get it on the ground floor. Do your own research. You can find more information by following at ShibToken on Twitter. There you're going to find links to the Discord, the subreddit, Telegram, everywhere else. So you can start doing your own research into Web 3.0 and cryptocurrency, and you can get involved. Maybe you make a little coin. Maybe you buy yourself a, you know, I don't know, a, a Ford Maverick, Chevy Colorado, a good American truck. I'm not even going to get into it, but just get yourself a good one. Honda Ridge line, baby. No, don't don't even <laughs> God, don't even bring a Toyota Tacoma. Don't don't be a traitor. Don't be a traitor to this country. <laughs> I, I I'd rather my traders like go sell secrets to Moscow than drive a Honda or Toyota. Don't do it. But you can get involved with Shimino. Diamond Paws, Ship to the Moon, find out more information. Also make sure you're following us on Twitter or X at EVLMRK and look for hashtag EMS195. We have pictures of the Pop Tart trophy couple pictures of the Pop-Tart Trophy. Uh, I have a couple halftime performances on there related to our fun facts. Uh, I have all our tacos are going to be on there. Hashtag EMS195. You'll be able to see all the stories that we talked about, all the pictures, all the stuff. The uh, Deion Sanders conversation will be uh, retweeted as well. Hashtag EMS195. You can follow along with everything we talked about in today's show. And also make sure you're following us on TikTok and Instagram at AskEvilMark. So today I want to thank Executive Producer Gump, who was with me last night for the Kansas uh, uh UNLV Guaranteed Rate Bowl. I want to thank Jared of Feathers and Friends, who I'll be speaking to tomorrow, hopefully, maybe on Saturday. He doesn't know that yet. Our Friday, my Friday NFL co-host, which might be happening Saturday. And I want to thank today's co-host, Eric. Eric, tell everyone where they can get more Eric. Tell everyone about File Under Entertainment. Yes, thank you. File Under Entertainment available on all platforms. This season was about music, of which Mark guessed several times. Jared was always there talking about music. Uh, we did a whole thing A to Z. We did uh, the decades from the 1960s to 2010s. And the most recent episode was the holiday episode, the Christmas episode. So even though it's past, if you're still feeling in the holiday spirit, you want to hear four different kind of non-traditional, well, except for except for Jared's <laughs> <laughs> Carol of the Bells again, a metal like cover of it. Go figure. But if you want to hear four non-traditional Christmas songs, you're still not ready to kind of get away from the Christmas music yet. Uh, that is in the feed for everyone to enjoy. So. Yeah. Make sure you go back, going out, checking out that episode right away. So as soon as you're done with this episode, go check out that file on entertainment Christmas special while you're still in the Christmas spirit. Or if you're, if you've already moved on for Christmas, you've already put your lights away. Me, I put my lights away, I put my lights away this morning. Uh, I, I'm done. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's done. I'm like, once it's done, it's done. 
I, I can't. I, I don't listen to Christmas music. In fact, I have a rule: like midday Christmas is is in my mind where it's over. Like no more music. Wow, <laughs> that's wow. that's so, what we're so, so it's after Thanksgiving, or is it like? Do you wait till December first, or like when do you get into the Christmas like mood? And then when it's like midway through Christmas Day is when it's over. Yeah, yes. Like, okay. day, day after Thanksgiving, it starts, and then. Okay. Christmas afternoon is where it ends. It's over. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> before that, we, we can play, we can play Rudolph the Red Nose Radio all we want. We can, I, I love Baby It's Cold Outside. I almost chose that for, for our Christmas episode, but I, I, I loved my Katy Perry. I was like, I was like, the one thing that Christians don't like about, and it's really hard to believe, but like a lot of Christians don't like about Christmas, even more so nowadays is the fact that like basically all the religions have been stamped out of it. And I think I was kind of feeling that, that this, uh, that day I was like, I was like, it's bullshit. We don't even acknowledge it anymore. There's not even any activity scenes anymore. We're letting everybody join in the celebration. This isn't supposed to be about exclusion. Why, why is everyone going to be in here? Wow. Not fair. It's, it, this is <laughs> our thing. And now all of a sudden we even, every, we even let people make up their own things and we would throw it in the list, like just out of courtesy. And now here they are just glomming on the art thing. It just doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I think I saw some TikTok where they were, they were talking to people who were coming, who came to the country for the first time. And they were like, Oh yeah, I didn't even know Christmas was a religious holiday. And I'm like, the whole point is religious. <laughs> I just, I thought silent night was just a song. Like, no, no, it's unfair. But so if you have not checked out that episode, go back and check it right now. Great monologue in there about Katy Perry in that particular song. You'll enjoy it. We all had fun. Uh, go listen to that episode right now. And I'm going to take you out of here. So as we get out of here today, we talked a little earlier in the episode about Deion Sanders. Definitely strong thoughts on women. <laughs> he has strong thoughts on if they should fart, how they should dress, and what they should provide after you purchase said lobster. But Deion Sanders has even stronger thoughts on commitment, the commitment of recruits who refuse to actually commit once they said they're going to commit. So <laughs> we're going to play a little Deion Sanders. So until next time, be uncomfortable, be uncompromising, no farting, but most importantly, be kind. Here is Deion Sanders explaining commitment. A kid ain't even faithful to his girlfriend. You think he's going to be faithful to a school? Like, come on, man. Like, that's 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 like an emotional thing. You know, what, what I wish the NCAA would do, honestly, uh, if you're committed to somewhere, you can't go to no other visits. I wish that would be. Like, if you're committed, that means you're committed. You can't go to no other visit. So why would you be committed, but you still let kids go to other places? That don't make sense. So that means they just playing. They just playing. And one thing about it, we're not an ATM. <laughs> That's not going to happen here. If you come to Colorado to play football for me and the Colorado Buffaloes because you really want to play football and receive a wonderful education, and all the business stuff is going to be handled on the back end if that's the case. But we are not an ATM. You're not coming here to get rich unless you really come here with a plan to go to the NFL and get Unless your, your last name is Sanders. Not yeah, no uh, And be money back, yo. Okay, is that a rapper, right? I got that one right. <laughs> I don't even know it, but uh, it was a good, a good timing of it.